Coming to you from deep in our quarantine bunkers in the flyover states, we review New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 15, Night 1. This is the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast. And welcome to the show. This is the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast, episode 255. I'm DP. And I'm Tony G. DP, this week for the people, it's night one of Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Tokyo Dome tradition. Yes. DP, to the surprise of no one in the world, it was a great show, full of... (laughs) Yes. Amazing action. Um, but, you know, listen, maybe we're just becoming more jaded or we're just paying more attention. Yeah, there were some cracks in this show. Yes. There were, you know. Yeah, it's not perfect in any way, but it is a right. good show. And there's, there's you know, glimpses of greatness uh, on this show oh, for yeah. sure. Uh, but it is an interesting thing because it's Wrestle Kingdom in the COVID era, night one. When COVID first started, I was thinking, oh, man, it's so great that we just had Wrestle Kingdom, so we'll be definitely done with it by the time it comes back around. Yeah. Not quite so. There was at least people in the building, but there yeah, wasn't no, a ton it's... of them. So, mm-hmm. The reason we're talking about it is because this is a wrestling review podcast. Each week, Tony and I get together and discuss a wrestling event that we agreed to watch the previous week. It's kind of like the Oprah's Book Club, but for wrestling nerds, for any and all information about the show, links anywhere we're found online. Check out goldenagepodcast.com. And if you want to send us an email, you can do so at goldenagegrappling at gmail.com. Yes, we are still allowed on all platforms of social media. So Yes, that is absolutely true. Yeah, well, you can find us none all of our places. none of our rights have been revoked because we're yeah. not awful. We never people. signed up for Parlor though, but yeah, we're not we're not on that one. But we we are we're available <laughs> everywhere else. Freely and, mm. and, and fine. And okay. yeah, in, in full good standing. Uh, but Tony, <laughs> we're here in the new year. Uh, and, uh, you know, usually we jump right into wrestling, but I just thought being that it is a new year and because I don't know, we, we got into the new year last week with our first episode of the year, but sure. it just feels like Wrestle Kingdom is my kind of like ticking into the new year moment that just really made me think about, okay, we're into a new year now. How mm-hmm. have you been? What are you doing now? Or like, just how's everything been going as far as thinking about the new year and moving into 2021 for you? Um, you know, I don't think it's probably much different than some people's feelings out there where it hardly feels like a new year. You know what I mean? It's like, it still just kind of feels like everything's paused. Yes. It's a little bit colder, but it still feels like October or August. Like if it wasn't for the seasons, like if if I lived (laughs) in like San Diego, somewhere beautiful or somewhere where it snows 365 days a year, I'd be going insane because it would just feel like Groundhog Day. That's true. Because outside of like, oh, the leaves fell off the tree. I guess it's fall. Like it just, <laughs> it has. There have been few milestones that have felt normal and have like yeah. moved here for. You know, we had six sports had their like championships in the month of like October or whatever. I mean, it just yeah. that were out of season and that you know, it just the Indy Five Hundred was in August. <laughs> Or, I think oh, it was, like, yeah, oh, right, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I can't, I can't no, remember. Even when we're, I was there. When we're watching tonight's show and they're talking about, you know, Kota Ibushi having won the G1, I'm thinking, like, oh, man, that was all the way back in August. No, that was, like, back in October. <laughs> oh, I know. So, so yeah, from that standpoint, I don't have a lot to complain about, especially yeah. compared to some out there. 
But yeah, that's just the one thing that I'm kind of feeling at this point as we move into 2021. Is it's like still just kind of feels about the same in a lot of ways. Like, you know, they yeah. just, you know, still time just doesn't feel like it's moving normally. I'm kind of right there with you. I think like when I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, I know there's a lot of people that had much worse 2020s than I did. And, and those are kind mm. of the things where because mine was so just, eh, I, right. I think. I try not to just brush that off the fact that there were a lot of people that had really terrible years in 2020. Mm. But um, like you said, it just does feel like, okay, well, I guess Christmas is over now and we didn't really do much different. So I guess we're just going to keep not doing much different. And now we're into the months that normally always feel kind of like they're dragging because we don't do a whole lot during. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird, but it is weird. Yeah. I'm not going to say much more. It's just, it's, it's odd going into 2021, Mm. I guess. I think a lot of that, I think as sports fans, as we both are, and wrestling fans, obviously, mm. as we do that, the crowd thing still makes it just everything feel yeah. off, too. You know, yep. like it just, for me anyway, personally, that's going to be a big aspect of feeling some kind of normalcy, things looking and sounding and feeling kind of normal again, because yeah. that is just always the reminder. If you just kind of forget about things mm-hmm. for a little bit and you're watching a movie, maybe, or you're just not thinking. <laughs> Sports for me is always like the oh yeah that's, yeah there's it's nobody there that's weird not not mentioning anything that happened in, in the po- reason I was watching CNN but I was watching CNN this week and it was the first time in a long time that I've watched just broadcast television that wasn't sports and because well, a lot of times I'll get lucky with some of the sports feeds that you can find where there's just no commercials anyways but right. just watching television I was just like seeing all these commercials I saw an ad for like a CBS show where like all the characters were in masks and there was PPE all around the yeah. room and I was like I was yeah. like this is happening in dramas now I was like this is oh, fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, it just—it was oh, yeah. one of those things that just hit me. I was like, I don't know if this has been happening for months, but it just was like, whoa, like that was odd. Since since about the fall, like things that okay. started to kind of come back, like oh yeah, it's a part of all those <laughs> you know procedural cop, yeah, lawyer, firefighter, yeah, all those shows. So, anyways, Interesting. but hey, we're both here and we're both well enough for the most part yeah and and wrestling hasn't been taken away from us yet no one's shut down the wwe network to go to greener pastures of espn plus and start selling their pay-per-views again uh don't give them any ideas so we're still here yeah but yeah let's dive into the world of wrestling tony with the taste of today in the sid vicious dish let's complain with this look on my face it was something that was given to me because of people like you Skeptics and all the people have a little bit. Of, let me do this again. No, it's live, Hal. Sorry, Tony. We're live. We're here. We're back. And I understand there were a lot of other people that were back this week. What are we talking about? Yeah, back in catering. Uh, we're talking about the complete waste of time and talent <laughs> that was Raw Legends Night. I got to tell you here, so much more important things have happened over this last week that I know. I understand. Yeah. We just didn't have time. I almost feel like they got off 
easy a little bit this week because of everything else going on. <laughs> yeah, we on. didn't have a, we didn't get to listen to the Meltzers and stuff bitch about all of this and stuff oh, because No, he's never mind. Um just mind blown. You know, like first off, just the news of the show off the top. So they'd been promoting this for weeks. Candace Michelle and Carlito had both been a part of promotion for the show. Yeah. Neither one of those people appeared. Uh, and according to at least Carlito, I thought Candace had the same story. They never reached out to him. No what? one ever like called him or sent him a <laughs> plane ticket or told him, Hey, be here at this time. Like, Oh my he, goodness. He had a gift. He had a gift on Monday. I can't remember what it was. It was one of the very common, like shoulder shrug gifts. Yeah. Just like, huh? like That's never. And I'm pretty sure I was like, I, I think Candace Michelle did some podcast too, where she mentioned like, I don't think they ever actually reached out to her or something like oh, that. I was thinking of, of, uh, Someone, I was for some reason when you were saying her name, I was thinking of the Undertaker's wife. I was like, why wouldn't they not Uh-oh. just like call? Like, <laughs> no, Candace Michelle when hers the all eyes on me or music or whatever, and then she's uh, the GoDaddy girl, right? Yeah, Playboy as well. I okay, believe. yeah. Anyways, we're off track. I'm sorry, I got off topic. But so they didn't right show because Carlito was the one that everyone was making fun of of being I, not a legend but also the one that I was the most interested in possibly seeing because it's like yeah where the fuck's that guy been well because I was thinking because with Carlito it's always like eh, you know maybe that would be the beginning of a comeback or you know if yeah if you can kick him in the ass and motivate him to <laughs> leave his uh, luxurious lifestyle to come travel 330 days a year but um, so anyway raw legends night and then, I mean, Hulk Hogan is always a lightning rod of mm-hmm. feelings from people, mostly against, at least from what I see, but, yeah. you know, for and against. They keep bringing him back. I can never quite wrap my head around at this point the value in bringing him around mm-hmm. because I just think there's, I think there is probably more negative than positive at this point. And if yeah. they were in front of a live crowd, I'd be really interested in hearing what a reaction would be for Hogan, you know? Yeah. I mean, not in Saudi Arabia live crowd either. I was going to say, I was like, he, he's been in front of a few <laughs> crowds since, since all that. But yeah, I know you're not wrong. Um, but they decide, did you see this? I don't even know how, what this was. No. They opened the show with him promoting his H phone. <laughs> what? He's got his own like cell phone plan or something. I, I think it was a parody. Oh, okay. It was him. It was him. Infomercial selling a cell phone called the H phone and talking about the features. And was it funny at all? Or I think it was supposed to be, but okay. I I found no humor in it. Gotcha. It, I, uh, it was just weird. And that was it. Was like the cold open to the show. I think maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was before the open. Gotcha. And that was it. And then they just like <laughs> faded away from that. And that was Hulk Hogan. So he, he, he wasn't like a host of the show? No, he pops up again later in another useless segment that we'll get to in a moment. Because I thought yeah. that they had announced like him and whoever else was like hosting the show. Him and Ric Flair, I think, were yeah. supposed to be the host of the show. Yeah, guess what? <laughs> no. They didn't no. interact Rick, or anything? No, Ric Flair does little to nothing on this show. <laughs> um, so yeah, again, mind you, it's Legends Night. So we've had Hogan selling his phone so far. Okay, whatever. Okay. It was shit. Miz TV. Not legends. Are they out here to introduce perhaps a couple of legends to interview? You know, maybe mm-hmm. work an angle against some guys that can still go in the ring. I don't know. 
Um, no, he Miz discusses management coming to their senses and giving him back his briefcase. Um, and then the New Day are introduced. So still not legends. Uh, and then Kofi and uh, Xavier, I texted you, kind of went back into their oddish, oddly heelish almost mm-hmm. demeanor. And they took the show over and Kofi called it New Day Talks. And they like turned the tide on Miz and Morrison, but it put them in like a baby face role. I felt like almost a little bit. So <laughs> it was all it was long, and I didn't like it. And that led to Teddy Long. I mean, so okay, I'm not I like again. Okay, believe me. Yeah, this is probably the cream of the crop when it comes to the Legends <laughs> Night. So let me just say that right out of out of the fact. Didn't he do an AEW thing? Did he? he? I could have swore he was on something or did something on him. I don't know, man. I don't know. Not that I remember. Maybe not. Maybe I'm crazy. But yeah, Teddy Long came out, says he's putting them in a match with The Undertaker, which, of course, got a big laugh from everybody. That, it didn't happen. He was just yeah. him, you know, calling back to that. Meme. That yeah, exactly. Um, Adam Pierce came out and whispered in uh, Teddy's ear, and he then decided he was going to make a tag team match between the four of them right now. So, yay, Teddy Long. So that was at least Teddy Long appeared yeah. and was in the role that he was remembered for and mm-hmm. did things that, okay, way to go. One that you that went well so far. Um, Randy Orton, I don't know, he's talking about Alexa Bliss, and he couldn't set her on fire, and uh, fighting the fiend changes people he's heard, and he agrees because he says it brought a compassion out of Orton, and he hates the fiend for bringing compassion out of him because he didn't set Alexa Bliss on fire. So it's like, man, Randy, you just go darker, don't you? Like, you just, oh, you think Randy's dark? He's like, oh, no, oh, no, I can go darker. My character wants to be so much darker than this. Right. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, so now he hates himself and is capable of anything. So, Ah. I don't know. Uh, He doesn't want to talk about The Fiend anymore, though, and tells Charlie he's going to go walk around and find some legends. And thus would begin the journeys of Randy Orton through backstage segments of insulting legends. <laughs> um, we get video from New Year's Eve of Angel Garza beating the truth, beating truth for the 24-7 title. Um, and now, here's another legend appearance. Ding, 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 ding. He's backstage talking to Alicia Fox. Yeah. Yay. Whatever. He's the, you know, he's the Lothario. It's... He was, you know, trying to hit on her or whatever. Okay. Says the, 20, says the 24-7 title is the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. And she asks if he's seen the video of the guy on a skateboard singing Fleetwood Mac. And I died on the inside. What is she talking about? Oh, man. Consider yourself lucky that you missed this. <laughs> you didn't see the TikTok video of, like, the homeless guy on a skateboard no. with the bottle of, like, cranberry juice. And he's into that no. Fleetwood Mac song's playing. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. Okay. He's not, like... They've like had him on talk shows and shit now. Because, like, <laughs> that's just where we are in the world. I, that's amazing. I'm so glad you don't know what that is. I barely know what it is. But it's also an old joke at this point, which is oh, why okay. it's just typical Vince, like being three months late on a joke. And then more legends. Angel Garza runs into Sergeant Slaughter, Tatanka in full gear, and Mickey James. Yeah. Uh, you sent me a picture of this, and you were commenting <laughs> yeah, on right, Mickey James' right. appearance. But man, when right. I saw Tatanka, I was just like, "Why the fuck? Why is he like? <laughs> what is happening?" I was, 
it's the it's the dentist stamp beyond the mat. You you gotta be ready at any time. You know you might you never know when you're gonna get the call to g- come back. Um, first of all, I was very upset to see Mickey here. There's a lot of unknown about her status career wise, mm. but um, she did probably working on standing- her third country album or whatever the hell she's. Well, doing. there is that too that she does. But she shouldn't. Why? You know, she definitely shouldn't be in a segment with Sergeant Slaughter and Tatanka. No. Like, give her something related to the women's division. Like, mm-hmm. whether it's positive or she's being I'm negative, just, just some interaction. These two fellas over here. What's going on? Right. Right. Yeah. And Mickey James. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but Sergeant Slaughter and Tatanka don't strike me as like her two best friends. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I'm sure maybe they're nice guys. Um, yeah. Angel is of course honored to meet Mickey and gives her a rose. Um, and Sarge calls him a maggot. Ha ha. Uh, and he runs away. <laughs> and did Tatanka not say anything? What's that? Did Tatanka no, say anything? I don't, I don't know. And I don't even think he did his like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's probably kind of racist now. So. <laughs> like, like everything. This is like, don't, don't speak. If you you can right. wear the clothes, do not right. speak. And, and don't stand too still. We don't want people to think you're trying to imitate one of those cigar stand <laughs> endings either. That, um, yeah, like, sorry, Tatanka, your entire gimmick's racist now, so you can't do anything besides stand on screen, apparently. Um, and Todd Phillips has the nerve after this before they go to break. Go, oh, gosh, what a Legends night so far. <laughs> so, again, it's Legends night. We come back from break. AJ and Elias fight again. Who cares? I'm already, like, done with this two mm-hmm. weeks in. Uh, and now we get our Ric Flair. At one time, I believe, mentioned as being the host of the show. Yeah. He accompanies Charlotte to the ring for her match. Didn't speak or anything? No. And he cost her the match. More what? On that oh, later. okay. Yeah. Big Show appears. He's backstage. Matt Riddle's pitching is him Big ideas. Is Big Show a legend? Is he officially a legend now? He, well, because Randy Orton walks up, and they get nose to nose, and Orton says it's too bad he can't compete in the ring anymore You know, now that he's a legend. And the big show says, I can compete whenever I want. And Orton tries to egg him into a fight, and the big show just sits down and says, I'm not going to play your game or whatever. It's like, I have just my notes here. This is weird. It's like Orton's whole thing tonight is like he wants them to care more yeah. so that he can kill them. Like, the whole like, weird <laughs> idea. Like, it makes him mad that they don't care because yeah. he doesn't want to beat them up, I guess, because they don't. I don't know. It's, there's, yeah, the whole night. Anyway. Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans beat Charlotte and Asuka. Ric Flair cost Charlotte the match. Lacey Evans was flirting with Rick. You know, a bit of a creepy way. Gotcha. Um, And then Charlotte, like, scolded her father and walked away. And then he had sad face. So, (laughs) yay, Legends Night. (laughs) Thanks for the host, Rick. You know, last time Randy Orton insulted him, and now Charlotte screamed at him and stormed off. So, good stuff. Oh, another Hulk Hogan appearance Uh, with Drew and Sheamus. Complete with Drew and Hogan doing <laughs> Hogan poses. Oh. Yeah. I don't want to watch that. No one else did either. Uh, Riddle beat Lashley. I just imagine, like, signed, th- those what? two, like, are hanging out in some back room, and, like, in walks Hogan in full, like, Braveheart gear with, like, blue paint on half uh, his face. He's like, hey, brothers. I'm surprised they didn't do that. God, don't give them any ideas. Um, <laughs> Riddle beat Lashley. I see no sign of legends here. Um, backstage, we see Mark Henry giving Ricochet words of encouragement. He's got a scooter to get around on, though, which is kind of a bummer. Ah. I don't know if it's a hip or a knee or what his problem is. I mean, but, with the amount of weight that man has carried for yeah. years, I imagine even if he wasn't wrestling, it would be difficult on those knees. 
Exactly. Orton walks up. Oh, no. And tells him he's entering the Rumble match, which, again, I just laughed. I'm like, Randy Orton is just walking around bullying legends and telling them things that, like, why are you telling Mark Henry you're officially entering the Rumble match? Like, <laughs> you were talking to Charlie Caruso earlier. Um, he asked Mark, oh, are you going to be there for, oh, no, I guess not. And, like, mocks him about his injuries. Um, Randy wants to reminisce about the good old days and says he owes him a lot of receipts. And then uh, Randy says he'll give him a pass, though, if he pedals his ass out of here. And it's the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> and he's apparently been banned from Busted Open Radio for what he said and did to Mark Henry. Because <laughs> then you literally had to watch Mark Henry on his scooter, like, hang his head and, and like, pedal away? sadly scooter away from Randy Orton while oh he just, like, gosh. stood there menacing. That'd be awful. It was kind of funny, though. But also awful. <laughs> um yeah. Anyways, uh, so Mark Henry let's... was that. Was that? Do you consider that uh, like two good good ones that have gone well? Or where are you at well, on I your mean, tally I, here? I mean, it's it was just so mean spirited. But I mean, I suppose from like an effective heel standpoint, it yeah. was a pretty good like bit of you know bit of business there with Mark Henry. So yeah, I guess I'll give that one a pass. What is it about Mark Henry that he's able to just suddenly become so sympathetic all the time? Like when he puts on yeah. a fucking look at him on that scooter for one thing, dude. He's like. He's like a foot and a half shorter than he used to be now. <laughs> that doesn't help him. Oh, I guess. I, I guess so that. Bad. Yeah, I guess that would be a big thing. But because, like, I was thinking of back to like the whole big turn with with the, the well, fake retirement yeah. thing. Like, well, that was the salmon colored suit there that did it. That, that, was, that was the key. That was it. Okay. I, yeah, I think so. But no, yeah, that was I guess a pretty good one. You're right. I'll give. I suppose I'll put that in the win column. <laughs> um, not legend stuff. Oh, legend stuff. We have uh, Ric Flair backstage. Here we go, DP. I know people have set their DVRs for this one. Ric Flair is having a conversation backstage with Mike Rotunda, the former IRS. Nice. And Molly Holly. Like, I didn't okay. see Molly Holly there. But again, just the random, like, Molly Holly is hanging out with Mike Rotunda and Ric Flair backstage for some reason. Yeah. And then Orton walked up. <laughs> it was like Molly Holly had, like, a, hey, Randy, kind of look on her face, and then just, like, <laughs> drops her smile and, like, backs away slowly because she was <laughs> like at first she was like i you know it's randy well, i don't mind talking to randy orton but then it was clear like oh no this is not a good time um yeah no he gave rick shit and talked about him ruining his daughter's match and flair says he'll never walk randy to the ring again and uh, or and orton also keeps talking about this beating he put on these guys as if it was like two years ago yeah. like you did that splinter cell shit like six weeks ago at yeah most. it wasn't very long ago at all so, yeah, Orton called Rick old and pathetic, and that was the segment. Fun Randy Orton night. Um, Randy then beat Jeff Hardy in a singles match. Um, and then our here's our, another Legends appearance. It's Melina. You know what she did on the show? She stood backstage and bumped into the Lucha house party and did the Lucha Lucha <laughs> hand gesture thing, and they walked away from her. And that, that was, was it? That was Melina's been rumored for months her return to the company and that was what her oh my goodness so yeah um lucha house party beat hurt business because that's like that's such a like of of the people that like again of the ones that i'm like oh i'm interested to find it's like i don't give a shit about what alicia Alicia fox would do she's been gone for a month Um, right yeah exactly you know but yeah yeah, it's like i would i would like to see what's going on with melina but well melina's been wrestling recently you know with nwa and stuff so Um, her, Lucha House Party beat Hurt Business. Um, dissension with Cedric and Shelton. MVP's not happy with them. I'm like, really, guys? We're going down this road already? 
Okay. Their their new theme song was on the uh, Spotify New Music Friday playlist this week. Mm. Well, good for that. I didn't listen to it, but I saw their their faces on the graphic. Um, Our next and last legend, well, not last, we'll get to that, but almost last legend appearance of the night, Tori Wilson in a conversation with Nikki Cross backstage. Nikki Cross is apparently three feet tall because (laughs) you see this, it was like, my God. Um, Angel Garza again walks up. You know, give Tori a rose, um, but she's upset that he interrupted her and tells her something about Cardi B being down the hall. And this was a whole other hornet's nest. I don't know if you saw any of that, but no. uh, he goes into the room that she sent him to, and the boogeyman was in there. He runs away. Oh, Truth pending for the bell. Ron Simmons said, "Damn, <laughs> yay!" Hey, there you go. Uh, now, yeah, the Cardi that- B thing became a thing because she tweeted about like. Why am I getting all these mentions about wrestling or something? And then, oh, okay. And then it was all like very positive. And then like Lacey Evans started working, and Cardi B, I either got it <laughs> yeah. and it's all a work, or she didn't get it because she tweeted like a very mean thing. Oh, okay. To Lacey Evans, and it was not like it got deleted, kind of thing. <laughs> and everyone was just like, "Ah, oh, you guys ruined it." And I'm like, "Well, listen, if she doesn't know like what a work, you know, how to work a work, or maybe she does, like." It wasn't going to work out anyway. Yeah. Because I felt like Lacey was like, oh, oh, if this is going to happen, it's going to be me. And Oh, yeah, for sure. She started engaging in character and Cardi took it the wrong way. And <laughs> then everyone was like, damn it, Lacey. And it's like, she's a <laughs> you know, she's like, listen, if this lady's going to show up on Raw, I'm going to be the girl she slaps. You yeah, know, exactly. Was, yeah. I'll, I'll be the one that she hits a stutter on oh, or whatever. I just felt like everybody got really mad at Lacey Evans. And I'm like, well, I. You know, anyways, who knows? It could all be a work. We're always getting worked. Everything's worked. Uh, Drew McIntyre beat Keith Lee, defended his world championship. Uh, the only thing that really matters is the post-match when Goldberg showed up. Yeah. And uh, thus begun another mind-numbing what segment from Goldberg, as he's done over the last few years. He compliments Drew, puts him over, says there's one thing he doesn't, he doesn't like about him, is that Drew doesn't have respect. Which is just the funniest thing in the world. He says, Drew, you think these legends are just these legends are just washed up losers and that you're better than them. And and you don't think any of them stand a chance against you. But Goldberg thinks you're wrong. You know, he's kind of judge their own. And Drew literally gets on the mic, he's like, uh, well, first of all, I do have respect for all of these legends. <laughs> like he's his whole character has been like yeah. he was the buddies of all those guys that got beat up by Randy Orton mm-hmm. because of him. Like all he does is talk about his respect for all these people. Like he's a baby. <laughs> Goldberg came out and talked like, I think he thought he was talking to Roman Reigns. Like, I swear to God, he <laughs> didn't know who he was in the ring with because it made no sense. He just, he came out and cut like a heel, like a promo on Drew. Like he's a heel. And I'm like, uh, have you been watching the show Goldberg? Yeah. Like, no. Cause yeah, they've gone out of their way to make like Drew is a very like just pure baby face character. Like he doesn't right. say he anything that's like controversial. Like, no, he did the Hogan segment, which yeah, is with poses, heelish, which is probably nowadays considered heelish, <laughs> but certainly not in the eyes of Vince McMahon anyway. But yeah, so legends night, a night in catering. I mean, what? I won't spend a lot of time on this. What a waste of time though. What a complete yeah. waste of time. And why would you, have Rand I mean, I get that Randy Orton's character is the one that like, you know, has beaten up legends recently, like you said with the Spider right. Cell thing. But like the part of the, that's the fun part about any company's Legends Night is watching various p- talent interact with 
these old yes. stars from the past. When you just make it all one guy, and it's also a guy that was has interacted with almost all of them in the past when they were actually wrestlers. Like, yeah. it's not there's it's not nearly as interesting. It just blew my mind when it just kept happening. I was like, oh, okay, well that was one was backstage, but mm-hmm. you just figured somebody's having a match with Tatanka. Somebody's <laughs> Molly Holly's going to have a match with somebody that talked trash. But you yeah. know what I mean? I just I couldn't believe there wasn't at least one legends involved, like match mm-hmm. involving them in some capacity. Not even like managing at ringside for people. Yeah, I mean, just doing anything. And I don't want to be mean. There was plenty of wonderfully nice people on this show. Legend is a stretch for probably everybody on this show, mm-hmm. outside of maybe Hogan, yeah. Goldberg, and Flair. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really nice performers, all-time mm-hmm. greats. But you know, where's Shawn Michaels? Wouldn't he have wanted to? Get revenge on Orton. Where you know what I mean? Like, there's just yeah. It's been a good night for maybe Edge to show back up. Like they just, it was a night that they had promoted like it was going to be a big deal, like a big event. Yeah, and you watch it, and it's What's- literally just a normal episode of Raw <clears throat> with some wacky backstage segments. It seems like anymore with like any time that the WWE, especially with Raw, when they go out of their way to like name a, name it like a special week or whatever. Yeah. It's it's not in, it isn't them like actually going to like make a big show like New Year's Evil or whatever. It's what right. can we do the bare minimum so that we can label this a theme show instead of yeah. like its regular thing. And they just do the bare minimum each time because that's what this feels like. And I know that there is AEW signing up a lot of the legends that maybe would have been in the backstage segments with Arn Anderson and your you know other and not Tully Blanchard because they never let him come back, but everyone, <laughs> everyone else you know. No, you make a good point. That's you're, you're right. There are because, like you know, Vicky would be a great person to have come out during the Teddy Long segment and then have them right. interact together. But no, right. like that's a good point. You're right. AEW, that's how they're getting back at Vince. They're like, <laughs> you can start, you can fight over the young talent with us, and we're just going to snatch away all your legends. Any, night any legends that have anything to contribute whatsoever, we're going to keep them, and you can have all of the other people, and you can just tr- call them legends from now on. Adam Pierce is uh, AEW bound as soon as possible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you go. Not a great kickoff to the year. No. Um, especially on something you that they promoted and you're moving towards Royal Rumble. So, you know, they annually get a few more eyeballs mm-hmm. this time of year. So it'd be nice to actually engage those people. But, you know, I'd say it's a, a no go so far. It's going to be interesting. The, the Royal Rumble is uh, a depressing. That's another one of those, like, kind of like Wrestle Kingdom being in front of a smaller crowd or, or no crowd. Mm-hmm. Royal Rumble is probably the most depressing to me of possibly potentially being in front of absolutely nobody <laughs> other than the people on the screens. Very true, sir. Uh, but that brings us now to more of right now. And for the benefit of people in the future, here's four things to bring you back to January, early January of 2021. Four. Four things time capsule. The four things are. Well, because this is New Japan's WrestleMania, this is their big show of the year. One of the things that we've done when we've reviewed other WrestleManias a lot of times is see what the other companies are doing at that time against them. So 
Here's a little bit of a rundown of the current world of wrestling. So we'll start off with WWE. We don't need to mention a ton of it, but you know, just I thought we could kind of run down the the champions in each of these companies and just let you know where things are sitting. So for the WWE, we've got Roman Reigns as your universal champion, Drew McIntyre as your WWE champion, Oscar's the Raw Women's champion, Sasha Banks is on SmackDown, Intercontinental is Big E, Bobby Lashley is United States champion. And then it gets crazy where we've got the Raw Tag Team Champions, Cedric Alexander, <laughs> Shelton Benjamin, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode on SmackDown, Charlotte Flair and Asuka as the Women's Tag Champions, R-Truth 24-7, maybe, depending yeah, on when knows? we record this. And right. then you've got your NXTs. Like, it's just, there are so many title belts in this company as I just start rolling down this thing. There's two Cruiserweight Champions. They're, they're Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin yes. are the Cruiserweight champion. Yes. Ben Carter just had his like first big match on U- NXT UK against Jordan. De- Anyways, no, yeah, more champions than certainly are pro- is probably necessary. Um, yeah, yeah, like you mentioned, not not a whole lot to say. It's Royal Rumble season. Mm-hmm. You know, we're basically kind of kicking into high gear. Them working towards their you know Wrestle Kingdom equivalent with WrestleMania, yeah. um, and we're still not work. Yes. In a year where they've done a really good job of developing like the Roman Reigns character and like really put mm-hmm. getting that over, they've done a good job of like the Sasha Banks character. They're mm-hmm. doing a good job lately with Big E. I don't know, um, but there's all these things that like seem like they're kind of in a perfectly good position to ramp up towards WrestleMania, and then you just drop on the bomb on me, letting me know that Goldberg has returned just in time for this season, and I'm just like, ah, why are we going back to our old ways? Like just. Right. Just go right. forward with what you have. You've had this tough-fought year, but you've done a good job of developing characters because it's been tough-fought and you've had to pay attention yep. to what's in ring. And yep. it's like, it's just frustrating to me that we're just going to go back to having WrestleMania be superstars from the past coming back and like, well, yeah, Edge will be back uh, and fucking don't be su- maybe yeah. Rock shows up. Yeah, don't be surprised to see uh, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey. Yes. Um, oh, gosh dang, what was the third? Oh, Edge. You know, I think mm. all... Those are all names you could potentially see pop up here in the next couple of weeks or a few months. But yeah, um, great year for the Hurt Business. You know, MVP was truly just that um, over the course of this year. Yeah, uh, ba- Bailey, don't forget. You know, it, we're, it's easy to be a prisoner of the moment, but she had an amazing oh, yeah. run with the with the title on SmackDown. Uh, did a lot of good things there. Uh, the breakup of the New Day was certainly one of the big you know stories of the year, just as far as. Mm-hmm. Something that had just been going on for so long. Well, and it uh, wasn't even like a like a big breakup storyline. It was just something that they had been going with so long, and then all of a sudden it just ended one night. <laughs> yeah, so, that's what's yeah, so kind that's, of odd about that. But but we talk a lot about the WWE, so but you know that's just kind of some of the general quick thoughts on the year that was, and as we're so, still ramping up for the end of the year, technically. Yeah, all the wrestling as they're moving through here this early January. We've got Kenny Omega as your world champion. You've got Darby Allen as your TNT champion. Hikaru Shida as your AEW Women's World Champion, and the Young Bucks as your AEW World Tag Team Champions. And we've just seen that like they're working with Impact, and the Good Brothers have shown up, and the whole like Bullet Club USA faction is back together, somewhat. Um, yeah, well, I'll, it's interesting. I'll- yeah, I'll try. Well, try to give Impact their own little moment in the sun here in a second. So yeah. I won't, you know. But, but no, the, the association and that partnership with AEW, whatever that is, is only good for the wrestling world. And it'll be interesting to see what other partnerships may come over the course of the year. Um, yeah, AEW. If you thought they had a solid, you know, the first year was good, or the first year or so was good. 
I thought they were outstanding. I mean, just as far mm-hmm. as uh, continuing to get talent over, bringing in new talent, even though I don't love that they do it with Dark because it's a YouTube show that, yeah. I, you know, everything's canon with this company. You to, you know, <laughs> even if it's on QB, they got a show on QB you got to watch, apparently, even though this doesn't even exist. Um, they've just, they've, they continue to really impress me with their long-form storytelling. You know, just when you think, like, they're not pushing somebody or you wish somebody would get a chance, that person kind of usually typically, like, gets some kind of an opportunity with the yeah. tag teams. And I saw Matt Jackson did an interview recently where he was just talking about how their depth of talent from yes. a tag team standpoint makes it almost impossible mm-hmm. to highlight and, you know, manage to get all these guys on TV. I mean, best friends, you know, are a huge deal now, and we're almost an obscurity for the first few months of the show. Oh, yeah, so for sure. Um. It's been a great thing to see. It's Kenny Omega becoming the Kenny Omega that I think everyone was expecting day one of this company yeah. to kind of be here. You know, the big match Kenny. I mean, he's obviously making note of all that in his promos and things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, But that is, he's a star. Well, it's just, it's funny how you snap your fingers, you flip a switch, and he all of a sudden just looks and feels like a way bigger star. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they did a good job with that, and you know they do the big like over the top production with stuff, and it makes it adds to all of the 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 you know the, the whole thing. Um, and then of course you've got your John Moxley who just lost the title, but his year was insane. Like he had a great year, and like we were talking about in the current wrestling, you know, he's just a character that you continue to to be more pulled to and more mm-hmm. attached to, and uh, and he's been great all year. Yeah, they somehow have just been really smart and great with their beats as far as knowing when to lose the title, when not to, you know, like mm-hmm. they've just they've had their finger on the pulse as far as that goes. And it's great to see, you know, the emergence, the, you know, uh, debut of Sting yeah. as a part of this company. Interesting. To some people is a bigger deal than it is to others. Um, and like I said, oh, and I was, was kind of getting to I got off track a little bit there, but like, you know, dil- molding and giving a light to people on dark is you know kind of resulting in the emergence of new stars on the main show you know with um the varsity god what are the, the varsity blondes griff mm-hmm. garrison and brian Pillman jr the acclaimed who of course obviously been a big part of you know an, an angle with the bucks lately yeah um you know just in the women's division they've probably done more of that than with anything else because there's sometimes three or four women's matches on dark mm-hmm. um so if you're not watching that you don't maybe have as much of an idea but an idea but that it is available. It is out there, and they have been giving these people, you know, these people, an opportunity to kind of grow and develop. And now you're starting to see those people make their way to dynamite. And so it's cool to see the, you know, the factory kind of in motion. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. it's nice to see. Absolutely. Uh, number three, we go to TNA Impact or Impact Wrestling, as they're <laughs> called now. Uh, yeah. World Champion Rich Swan, Knockouts Champion Deanna Prazo, X Division Champion, a person I've never heard of, Merrick. And your tag team champion is the Good Brothers, Luke Good Gallows Brothers. and Carl Anderson. Yeah, um, you know Impact. Obviously, they're excited about this partnership with AEW as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. They do have a lot of talent. They just had their Genesis show that consisted of a Super X Cup tournament that was won by Ace Austin, um, who defeated Blake Christian in the uh, finals of that. And Blake Christian is someone that I got an opportunity to see. Um, at the collective, an amazing talent. Going to be a you know a big star. Nice. Um, yeah, Jordan Grace also fought Jazz on that show. So how about that for for the wild things and impact? But yeah, Rich Swan and the Machine Guns have kind of established themselves as the counter. It looks like to Kenny and the Bucks. Maybe we okay. might be able to 
or it might be the Gallows Anderson and mm-hmm. Kenny, but they're the ones that have been the video of them like they're coming to Dynamite apparently. Gotcha. At some point, so um, you know the battle lines are kind of being drawn there. Um, they just had a really solid roster of you know a lot of really talented performers, and um, mm-hmm. you know with Callis and Demore in you know charge of things there, they've righted the ship that. Always feels like it can't be righted. So uh, I mean, it's one of those things. Though, that whenever I'm I not tune saying in, like it's yeah, because like when when I tune in, it's not something that like every part of the show is is keeping me keeping me there. Like right. lately, I'm tuning in because of the the Kenny Omega involvement, the whole storyline there. Really, and I like there's been some things that have been on the show that I've enjoyed, but there's not been anything that I've been like, oh man, I've got to come back and make sure to watch the you know the ending of this or where this is heading. You know what I mean? No, and that's why this AEW partnership is so important because it is making them get more eyes, get yeah for the most part, and you know because they do have really solid performers that have really solid matches. I mean, Eddie Edwards is mm-hmm. you know obviously you know an all time great. And uh, are you a Manic who? fan? No, because you know who Manic is, don't you? Is it Flip? No, it's I don't know who it is. Funny you say Flip because he's on that spectrum. It's TJ Perkins. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I did not. I was like, I don't know who Manic is. Oh yeah, also someone that suffers from brain worms, just not that person that suffers from gotcha. brain worms. But, yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, but I mean, I it's a product I recommend watching, and especially and if you're a fan of, oh, I watched, I love TNA in 2007, 2008. Yeah, you know, go back and give it a chance. The in ring action, if nothing else, is at least you know on a pretty high level. Yeah. It's been tough with the, you know, like for everybody with COVID and stuff, like not oh, having yeah. fans. I, don't it, I feel like Impact right. is one of those that the production is most hurt with not having fans in the room with. Yeah, but yeah they haven't figured it out. No. <laughs> now we go to number four. Ring of Honor is the other company we're going to do a little highlight here. We've yeah. got their world champion, Roosh. You've got your <laughs> television champion, Dragon Lee. Your pure champion, Jonathan Gresham. Your tag team champions, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. And then your six-man tag champions, Bandito, Flamita, and Ray Horace, who I feel like are missing in action at this point because of the whole like travel situation. Yeah, yeah it's wild. Like you say, some of those because it's like the Mexican contingency of like yeah. stars in that company <laughs> have just not been. I mean, they've, they haven't vanished. been back for long anyway. They just did the, you know, they've done a few TV tapings or whatever. But yeah, it's. Hard to even remember those six-man tag team title belts at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, Ring of Honor is a company that I've talked a little bit about in current wrestling a few times and have, you know, just been really impressed with how they've re kind of set the reset button, mm-hmm. uh, basically have done gone back in a lot of ways to, you know, what made them maybe, you know, popular in the early to mid-2000s as an alternative yeah. to everything out there. I felt like they got too interested in being – alike some other companies instead of just yeah different you know focusing on the pure wrestling and that's a lot of what the foundation the group led by jonathan gresham with jay lethal and rhett titus and tracy williams it's a lot of what they're pushing for there's obviously push back on that from roosh mm-hmm. and, and some of his content you know it's so you have that aspect of it where you have you wanting to go back to the pure style versus you know, um, you know, Bandito, Flamita, and a lot of those guys obviously liking things just the way they are for the most part. <laughs> um, yeah, the company just since I believe we've last talked parted ways officially with Marty Skrull. Yeah. So there's a lot of talk that he may be going back to the UK because if he can't find work, mm-hmm. he'll visa wise he'll be gone. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I didn't think about that. So Marty Skrull's gone. The book is back in Delirious's hands. I know some people don't love that, but I think so far so good. Um, and then they also just within this last week 
um, had a lot of news with re-signings. They re-signed Bandito to a new contract, Mark Haskins, Tracy Williams, Tyler Bateman, Sumisaki, nice. uh, Brian Johnson, Amy Rose. Yes. Uh, that's that's great. Yeah. That's yeah, they re-signed. Yeah, they've come to terms on with new, you know, contract deals with all those people. Um, bit sad news. Dalton Castle uh, is currently. They made an offer to him, mm-hmm. um, but he's weighing he's weighing his options and ah. may. Not. So I think that's also another sign of the direction of the company. Like I don't think they're. I think there's still a place for Dalton Castle. Yeah. Um, but you know, with they're wanting to kind of go back to this more pure wrestling style. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe he sees this as an opportunity to go spread his wings, so to speak, somewhere else. Um, it's just crazy how much of this, like, because ROH, I see, like, you know, they had this style at one point where it was, like, very much wrestling-based, Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. and your, you know, those matches and all that Nigel stuff. Nigel McGinnis. Nigel yeah. McGinnis was the other name that I immediately was trying right. to think of. Um, but then, you know, then came the Young Bucks and stuff, and I feel like that was right. almost like Pro Wrestling Guerrilla got so popular that just mm-hmm. ROH became a version of Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, just East Coast. Yeah. And that's what and and you had all these very uh creative wrestlers that all had all these like very like over the top things. They all had these running gags that would run through matches and, and companies and all this stuff. And it was an entertaining show, but I think once you mm-hmm. pulled so much of that out with the AEW roster build, yeah. and then your Dalton Castle becomes this one guy on the show and it's like, well this feels out of place now, you know? Yeah. It is a little bit like, you know, and I don't know that they're going to take all the color and fun yeah, and I'm not saying flash and confetti. Like, yeah. I mean, there'll still be characters and there'll still be yeah. some character based stuff going but on. Like, but for a while, when you went to those shows, it was just they mm-hmm. would be built around like, what are the latest like running gags that are happening oh, yeah. in, in the meta yeah. wrestling world? What's happening yeah. here? You know, that sort of a thing. It was a lot of that. Yeah, no. And I, yeah, so I mean, because I've talked about it a lot, you know, back at that time, this time last year or mm-hmm. over a year ago now with. But, uh, yeah, a, ROH did – I mean, that's a perfect example. PWG almost on the East Coast or the Midwest kind of a situation because, yeah. it, you know, they just had so much talent that was coming – that was a part of the, the deal now. And then you just think about all those guys that went to AEW, and mm. um, there really was no choice. You know, they tried to patch things together, and I think they just realized that a complete reboot is, is what was going to be necessary. Yeah, so. makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, and they seem like they're in a good spot moving forward as far as, like, you know, just having a direction and where they're headed. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that is uh, what's going on in the rest of the wrestling universe. But that brings us to January 4th of 2020, Tony, when the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that while New Japan announced the live attendance for Wrestle Kingdom as 12,689, it may have been a little bit higher than that because people are saying, you know, they probably are wanting to have a lower number in public. Um, but we're not sure exactly how many people well, were in there. It wasn't up to twenty thousand though. So it it looked packed. The, the floor like, is like floor. seemingly completely yeah. packed. And then like I noticed yeah. that the one side where the wrestlers go to leave, there was a mm-hmm. bunch of people at that at that point. I was like, oh okay, so there's some people there. And then like every yeah. once in a while you'd see in the distance, like up in the top, there'd be like a few people in like some of the balcony areas. And it's like, well, I guess those are pretty dark. They could probably just put people up there. And no one would know, I guess, if they really wanted to. Right. I'm, I'm curious on how many people are actually in there. But yeah, I thought it was definitely more than the 5,000 that they were talking going into it. Because didn't they say like it would, had been dropped down to 5,000 at one point? I don't know about that. But yeah, I was surprised that it was as many people as it was. Yeah. So it was cool to see. Definitely, definitely. The second night would be much lower. It would be about 7,000 fans 
that were really? in the building. Yeah, and because it's Monday and there's not, you know, people ah, have to go back to work. And, gotcha. And also there's lockdowns going on in Japan over COVID ah, stuff. So right. Um, but yeah, apparently also this was reported. The number of foreign fans was down for obvious reasons. Last year set a record of 8,000. Both shows had about 250 foreigners, quote, quote, unquote, foreigners, by the way, because I think it's just people that don't look Japanese because it says, but due to the two week quarantine and travel to Japan, it's believed that they were probably foreigners that live and work in Japan and not tourists. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could go to Japan right now if I wanted to. I think that they say, like, if you do, like, a full quarantine when you, you have to stay in your hotel room for 14 oh, days really? before you can do anything. Okay. But, like, you have gotcha. to, like, yeah, pass a screening and then and then do that. But, huh. goodness. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, if you've got, you know, seven weeks of vacation every year, then maybe you can afford to spend, you know, <laughs> the two weeks there and then also two weeks when you get back when you're coming yeah. back here. So, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, it's uh, in typical fashion. You just kind of get the... Hey, it's Kevin. Ke- you know, Kevin Kelly just kind of appeared. Yeah, because it's the pre-show things. technically, so we don't get like a right, fancy video true. to start things. That's they just true. like we fade up from blackness. You hear like a random bell start ringing, right. and then Kevin yeah. Kelly one point starts talking. Right. Hey, welcome to New Japan World, fans. Because um, yeah, it is time for the tradition of the New Japan Rambo. <laughs> yes, they've re-, re like they've changed the name of it. It's, it used uh. to be the New Japan Rumble. Now it's the New Japan Rambo. And they're very specific about telling us that, that we're not just mishearing people saying Ramble. It is yeah. rum, Rambo or whatever, because yeah. that's a Japanese word meaning riot or something. I, I knew it last week. I don't remember. I, yeah, something like that. Running riot or something okay. like that. I don't um, but yeah, this is, um, I texted you, if they stopped the New Japan Rambo after this year, I wouldn't be disappointed. <laughs> Well, this year, yeah, instead of going down to one winner and just having a winner of this random, like, rumble match, um, they're going to have a final four. So you get down to the last four, and the match just ends. And, you know, I know I'm an ignorant, you know, come-and-go New Japan wrestling fan, but I don't understand the King of Pro Wrestling stuff. (laughs) It confuses me. I don't like it because of that. Because that's I'm, I'm an American and that's how we are. Like I mean, I, it was just introduced last year as part of the, like the provisional the champions, and I'm like, what? What's that now? And you don't like carry it. It cha- every year it, like changes to something yeah, else. Yeah. So like it was introduced just as like a thing to do to fill programming time, and it you know okay. turned into giving to, to Toro Yano. I guess he's held it and defended it a few times throughout the year. Okay. But I, I like the idea of having like a a, a title or, or a, a program where now normal matches have this thing, but for this specific guy, if you know if he if you're going after his his title here that he has, then yeah. you have to go by whatever rules he decides to determine ah. that night. Like that's the the idea is that the winner okay. gets to choose the stipulation anytime they defend it. So oh, okay. With Toruyano, it's turned into just random things like we're not going to have turnbuckles on the or turnbuckle pads on the mat, you know, for the ring. Gotcha. But I'm interested okay. to see where they go from here because you know it's been mainly a comedy thing so far. But like you said, this doesn't go super well, and I don't know that it really went all that well in 2020 in the first place. So it might be a thing that maybe comes to a pitiful end in 2021. We'll see. And we'll go through the highlights here in a minute, but. but- the other problem that I had with this was the one of the big things that is great about this match in years past mm-hmm. is the surprises. Yes. And the returns and the 
people from other promotions. And I know a lot of this got screwed over by COVID, but yep. man, did that take out from this match because instead you just get, Oh, it's everybody that you hope isn't on the card. When you watch a new Japan <laughs> wrestling show for the most part. is in yeah. this rumble. Do you, are you like, a big outside, fan of Hanma? <laughs> right. And then, and then outside and then the few people that you go, Oh man. Yeah. Oh, Minoru Suzuki or, Oh yeah. yeah tomorrow, you know, Ishii and, you know, there's a couple other that I yeah. shouldn't lump in, like Nagata. So, oh, they're out. Don't get too excited about <laughs> them winning this thing because they could have. I, I went through it at one point. I was like, there was a foursome that would have been like, wow, yeah. wouldn't it be awesome to watch that match the next night? And instead, they just get rid of anybody that you have any hope might win this thing. <laughs> Usually pretty unceremoniously and off camera at times. So. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's some people I don't know that they really get mentioned that they're eliminated at times. It's just like yeah, we're, they're just gone. Um, it, I think even the announcers about halfway through this thing were like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> Number one is Chase Owens, who aren't just so ha- happy to see him coming out the well, ring, and begins like this. I, I, another, I don't get it. Like he politics to be the first person in. Yeah, because he ain't first, you're last, or if he ain't last, he a, you're first. Isn't he a chicken shit heel that? Yeah, shouldn't have. And also. Spoiler alert, goes on to be one of the final yeah. four in it. So it's not even like, ah, ha, ha, and he got thrown out by the person that entered number two. Like, that mm-hmm. was a dumb idea. No, it, he valiantly overcomes the odds. You know, well, the, this is also just what the English announcer are telling us. Maybe this is well, that's true. a storyline that we really know about, like, in real life. You're right. Yeah, but, not, yeah Charlton's over there reading Ibushi's Wikipedia page to us. And, <laughs> but, yeah, so Chase Owens, like you said, politic for his spot at number one, and then number two comes out is Tomohiro Ishii, and I was just like, Jesus, this company shows so little respect for this man. He had yeah. probably, arguably, the highest quality of matches from match to match throughout the year right. of 2020, and yeah. here he is in the Rambo. Like, I don't even care why it happened. Let him and Suzuki have a singles match and give them 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I don't fine. care what it, why they're fighting. I would just like to watch those two guys beat each other up. Yeah. We don't have to have every t- everything be a title defense. Right, but instead, here we are. So Yeah, he and Chase go back and forth. Lots of Owens taking moves, and so much so that by the time the countdown begins, he just exits the ring and powders while we wait for number three. And the announcers are very quickly like, well, what if he gets counted out? And then we learn there will be no countouts for this. Um, Do not worry about that. It will not happen. Number three is Minoru Suzuki. And, of and, course, you, and yeah, and at this point, eh, yeah. you know, like, not too bad. Oh, yeah, I was happy to see him. He and Ishii right. do their battle with forearms, and <laughs> Chase doesn't know when to sit things out. He keeps interrupting and then just getting demolished for it. Right. Uh, so that's going on. And then, all right, here goes Yuji Nagata. This oh, is heating up. With you know, a T-shirt and- I need to own. I want this fucking The Father Blue Dandy shirt so badly. Didn't- didn't somebody link you to it? They linked me to a fucking scam t-shirt company that does that because they Google when people look for needing t-shirt designs. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Don't look at that tweet and go to the comments, folks. That is not a company to support. No, I blocked um, yeah. them. Here goes Mr. Blue Justice himself. Yuji Nagata had a nice feud. Well, nice. He had a good feud with Minoru Suzuki over the year. Yeah. Uh, so again, all right, this isn't too bad. More beating each other up kind of stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase drop, uh, chops Ishii in the corner, but it has no effect, of course. And uh, they're already where four people are in the ring. 
and these guys are brother me softly, <laughs> forearm, forearm. Yeah. And it's like, guys, there's only four of you. Like, well, they also, well, they went with so many. I mean, I guess that you want to have some, in, you know, impressive names, but you also sent out like Chase Owens, who's, right. yeah, he's a, he's okay hand, but um, he's, yeah. he's not going to pull out a fantastic, you know, amount of things from these old guys. Like you sent no, out three old right. dudes and him. You're right. No, and they're, they've clobbered each other with forearms for 30 <laughs> seconds and they're done now. Like, what do you want out of them? Oh, well, um, speaking of, let's get some more forearm action because here comes Hiroki Goto. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, believe me, I could understand why you would skip over the actual next entrant. Oh. Because it's Toa nothing happening Hinari. I thought Toa Hinari was six, but okay. I, I might have, I was catching up at some point, so I might have just okay. got him backwards. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Toa Hanare, oh boy. The announcers are super excited about him making his return. Well, because get ready. I think whether we like it or not, 2021, <laughs> he's, a, he's at least going to get a chance to be something. Yeah. Tanahashi seems to take a liking to him. So. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so Toa, just, and, yeah, you're going at it. Um, he hits a stalling suplex. Chase would attack Hanare from behind as uh, Yuji and Suzuki were just beating each other up, so. Yeah, Anyways, and then and then Hiroki Goto comes out. Yeah, Goto comes because that's why uh, when Goto comes out, I have doesn't do a lot that I saw, but I'm catching up with my notes here. Um, yeah, Mister Second Best Hiroki Goto makes his way to the ring. Yuji and Minoru are at the same time eliminated because they were fighting each other, and Toa Hanari grabbed him and threw him over the ropes. So it's like it's like great. Two of my favorite wrestlers in the world just got eliminated. <laughs> And they don't care. They keep forearming each other all the way to the back because they're well, badasses. That was cool, at least. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Uh, Hanari yeah, and was- Ishii begin battling, and the announcers do a good job of, again, putting over Hanari about how exciting it is that he's back and all this stuff, and he had a promising right. start and all that. In the ring, oh, yeah. Goto almost start. eliminates Chase Owens, but he holds on. Yeah, he dragged Hiroshi Tanahashi's tag league chances into the crapper. That's what Toa <laughs> Hanare did this year. Um yeah. Oh boy, here comes Yujiro Takahashi. Oh, the Tokyo pimp. And oh, it's yes. unfortunately he have still, the bunny with him. So well, because useless. it's still COVID situations. We can't even have Tai Chi's oh. lady. Miho Abe's not even there. What? It's not like women are illegal in the age of COVID. That's like what they it can't is. they can't quarantine and show <laughs> up. Like Oh. Yeah, all the stardom matches got canceled because you're not allowed to have women in public in Japan. <laughs> Who Japan knew? Anymore. Who knew? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Yujiro, we're told, may not be on the best good terms with his tag partner, Chase Owens, but don't tell them that because they're going to wrestle like none of that happened and the announcers probably just shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Every now and then, the American announce, the English, I should say, English yeah. commentary team, uh, I think they take chances on what they think an angle might be mm-hmm. and they're just wrong and they just kind of stop talking about it. <laughs> yep. Um, Goto was a shirt on, and I'm like, why is he wearing a shirt? I, I, I don't know. Just thought that was weird that he kept his shirt on while he wrestled. Um, Yujiro hits a drop kick to the side of Goto's head. Hanare and Ishii are still fighting. Ishii, though, would eliminate Hanare with yeah. a backdrop. So that's fun. Oh, and then it's Yoshihashi. <laughs> it's like, man, it is literally just. <laughs> Uh, at least they didn't have like a gauntlet six man tag team match this year or something. Yeah, that's true. Oh goodness, yeah, Yoshihashi 
comes on out here. Hanare, on, on the way that Yoshihashi's coming in, stops at the English announce desk to say that this is going to be his year and that he's excited to be able to eliminate two guys that he looks up to, like Nagata and Suzuki. And then he he heads on back. Chase Owens and Yujiro work fine as a team. They use that to their advantage on Yoshihashi <laughs> early. But Hashi, excuse me, Hashi's able to get control with a rewind kick. And Chaos finally realizes they've got a 3-2 to two advantage, and they start beating up the Bullet Club representatives. Uh, you know, it just took him a while. I love Kevin Kelly. One of my favorite early things he does throughout the show is he ridicules Chris Charlton for questioning whether or not he should yes. have the microphone out there next to him. <laughs> it goes really well in the early part of the show. People stop stopping by his table at some point, but no, you're right. He no. gets quite a, he gets quite a bit out of it in the early stages here. Yeah, because there's a uh, one. I think later on in this match is again there's another person that says something. And he just turns to him and he goes, and you said I shouldn't have this. And I'm sure it's because of the COVID situation that Charlton was like, well, they're probably not even supposed to come talk to us because we've got these barricades so that people don't talk to us. <laughs> yeah, I think I think because that's what Charl- I have in my notes at some point. Charlton says just that. He's like, it's not that I didn't think you should. It's that I, you, know, you know, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I just wasn't sure if you, you know, should or something. Oh. So here comes everyone's favorite number nine, the Unchained Gorilla, the Sweet Tooth Delight, Togi Makabe. It's just like a fever dream at this point for me, <laughs> just nightmares. Um, and Yoshi and, Ga- and Goto are still in t-shirts, which I, I don't know why they're wearing their shirts. Um, Makabe eliminated Yoshihashi and Goto. So while they're not my, not my favorites, two of the more predominant stars in the company, they're gone. Yeah, Makabe. Makabe <laughs> got rid of them, so don't yeah. don't get excited about Goto or Yoshihashi, who had a nice G one being a part of the Wrestle Kingdom show tomorrow. Nope, they're gone. Nope. Um, and now it's time for forearms with yeah. Ishi. Oh yeah, got to get it out of their system. <laughs> um, Yujiro and Owens try to get rid of Makabe, but here comes help. It's his longtime tag team partner, number ten, Tomoake Hama. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that you're, you've lessened your love of Hanma over the year that we've been pay, paying attention more to New Japan over these past few years, but, right. uh, man, I, the thing that baffled me was that he comes out here and does the exact opposite of what I expected him. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> he attacks Makabe. Yeah. I was like, wait, what happened to fucking Great Bash Heel, GBC or yeah. whatever? And even Kelly says that same thing. And he also goes into full Yete offense. He yes, like he hugs him mum- from behind. Mummy walks into the ring and then goes <laughs> over and just starts like hugging and shaking his body. I was like, are they trying to do the Halloween Havoc '95 right now, or is this just an accident? Oh, I couldn't figure it out, man. It was so weird. Oh man. So yeah, he's finally he uses a headbutt to break uh, to the back to break Makabe free. But like you said, he turns on him and. Uh, just kicks uh, Togi Makabe and then smiles as he does it as he turns on him. And here comes number 11, another man that's so great at running, Hiroshi Tenzan. Hiroyoshi Tenzan, I guess. Get these men the golf cart the WWE, the WWE used that one year at the Rumble so that their big men wouldn't have to walk all that way. Yeah, um, yeah here goes Tenzan, which again, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of a mystery, a surprise entrant. Eh, it's like kind of. Yeah, he doesn't you know, ever go away though. Like he doesn't right. ever leave long enough for it to ever be right. like a mystery. It's like it's like when you're in the match every year, it kind of stops <laughs> being like, oh, there's Tenzan. You know. Yeah. Anyways, Hama and Tenzan help eliminate Makabe for some reason. 
But I think this isn't that like the old yeah. school. Because yeah, apparently Hanma and Tenzan were a big part of the group as well beforehand, and so uh, yeah. Whatever. Now they're teaming up against everybody else. Right. And then finally, again, because Kevin Kelly sometimes just can't not be on the nose about things. They've been talking about it throughout the match. Where's Rocky Romero? Where's yeah. Rocky Romero? I thought Rocky was going to be here. <laughs> here, he, here he comes, guys. Jesus. Like you, <laughs> you only completely tipped your hat on this one throughout the match. But, yeah, Rocky uh, Romero, well, 12th entrant, right? Didn't he come out to the R- Rumble last year, too? I'm pretty sure, like, the same scenario. Cause, like, yeah, because, like, they put it over, like, it's this huge surprise. And I'm like, I could have sworn that he did the same spot last year. But, oh. yeah. yeah, Rocky with a hurricane run on Chase. He begins battling Hanma. Lots of guys in rumble mode. Ishii's just choking Yujiro. Chase av- keeps avoiding elimination by hugging the bottom rope. So that's how he's going through this. And then another Tony favorite, number 13, uh. Dookie. <laughs> How is this guy re- like? How is this real? Like, I just am always blown away when I see this man on my screen. <laughs> He's got his his pipe, his aluminum pipe that he continues to damage more and more. He's bashing it on barricades as he comes to ringside. Right. Um, Rocky and yeah, Ishii, so- both Chaos members, team up against Yujiro, and we get forever clotheslines by Rocky on Doki. Uh, Doki though ducks it and cracks Rocky with the pipe. And then chokes him as the ref DQs Dookie. So goodbye, Dookie. I didn't know that was a possibility. Um, here comes somebody else that's wildly underutilized on this show. It's Show. Yeah. This is Man. the guy that I'm like, how did he not end up with a match on either of these nights? Like, he's been fantastic every time they've given him a chance to shine. They just only had. They, they go from having, like, no young lions back from excursion needing to be pushed to having yeah. all of their young lions back from excursion <laughs> needing to be pushed. Yeah. And I think it just kind of became one of those deals where it's like, shit, you know, like, show and yo, we forgot about that. I would have rather seen show fighting, like, Takahashi mm-hmm. to go on to see who's going to, like, fight uh, Ishimori or something. Like, yeah, we'll get to that sure. in a moment. But I am not an ELP fan. <laughs> So, show comes to the rescue of Rocky, hits a spear on Doki. Uh, the announcers say that show is a lot of uh, wives' favorite wrestlers, which I loved. Yeah. Kelly had a, it was a great line because Chris Charlton was, you know, yeah, show, my wife's favorite wrestler. And Kelly just deadpans as, well, show is a lot of wives' favorite wrestlers. <laughs> yes. And then Doki starts coming over, and we get this. Taking great exception to show's shock arrow. <laughs> Could be an episode of Wrestler's Court. Get this Doki away from us. He's a lunatic. He's out of his mind. Get out of here with that steel pipe. You're out of your mind. Hey, social distancing. Finally can use that to our advantage. Hey, Kevin. What? You owe me a payday for that Twitch stream. <laughs> I don't know what the end of that is. Like, who, who even said, hey, Kevin, but... Yeah, no, I thought that was pretty funny. No, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, yeah, shows in there working with um, Chase Owens. Yujiro makes the save at one point, keeping him from being eliminated. And then here comes Bushi. Yeah. Who I like. I, you know, it's good to see Bushi. And I was I guess, glad it took longer than I expected, but the announcers do eventually start wondering, oh, well, yeah, what's going to happen here? Rocky's been shit-talking Bushi all oh. year, and we're finally going to have them both in the ring. And guess what's going to happen, folks? 
I don't even know if they interact with one another. <laughs> Not on camera that we see. It's like this Rocky. I mean, it's one of those things that you don't have to watch a lot of New Japan to know that Rocky Romero hates Bushi. Yeah. Like, I, I know that. Like, every show he talks about how much he hates Bushi. At some point, it comes up. Doesn't even look at him. <laughs> Well, because Bushi's busy with, like, this young boy storyline that's about to start yeah. up in the middle of this. But yeah. he's also, yeah, he, he eliminates Yujiro. He then dives onto him on the floor, and we get some bad blood between the factions there. So I guess there's still that going on. Uh, but, yeah, they don't, they're not interacting much. Uh, here comes number 16, you, uh, Tiger Mask. What? Uh, but real quick, what do you think of Hanma attempting a pin in the Battle Royal here? Well... Didn't the referee count two? Is there are there pins? Because I thought I th- I thought I saw someone count two at one point, and I was like, oh okay, I guess. Because yeah, in the past you've been able to because they always did that okay, whenever they would right. s- pile on top of the big old guys. That's right. That's right. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, here comes Tiger Mask. Yeah, who, who apparently almost died. died. Yeah, I was that blew me away when he's talking about. He's like he's coming back from like very very dangerous diverticulitis. Like, was yeah. extremely lucky to be able to have it removed. Somehow he's back into ring shape, which is insane if he was almost dead. Yeah. But <laughs> he looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but he a, here's, yeah, he a, after, after, you know, we, like we were saying, we've built up the Bushi and Rocky thing. Well, here's one that you don't really know about, but now they're going to turn it into a storyline because now Tiger Mask and Rocky will be the, the characters we have to watch together, which it is an interesting history once Charlton filled me in. But like, yeah. I was just so, so bummed that it wasn't like a big deal with him and Bushi. I know, just weird. Uh, yeah, Rocky with knees in the corner on Tiger Mask. Um, Tiger and Rocky fight over beating Bushi up. So I guess I got a little something there. I don't remember much I, of it. I did I, like, yeah, once they started teaming up against Bushi, that was fun. Yeah, but that the fun is over because here comes the pit boss. Bad luck, Fale. <laughs> oh, your notes seem much more depressing his, than mine. In his free T-shirt he got from somebody with the sleeves cut off that he always wears when he wrestles. <laughs> yeah, he's just I don't know. I won't be mean. Go ahead. Well, Fale's one of those guys where every time that it looks like he's really trying, the company just doesn't do anything with him. So it's like I don't blame the guy for doing what he does that's, now, but it's at the same time it, the company just doesn't seem to realize it's like it's the same shit every single time we see him and like it never changes. And it's, and it's the English commentary again, so maybe I shouldn't be critical of it. I mean, yeah. Maybe in Japan, they don't make a big deal about him at all. But again, it's because every time he comes out, they talk about him like he's Brock yeah. Lesnar. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's, oh, <laughs> shit, here comes Fale. And it's like, who cares if here comes Fale? Like, you know, it's, make a big uh, deal about him. Fale puts Ishii on Chase's shoulder and then Chase onto the apron trying to eliminate him, but he can't. And Fale plays cleanup and finally knocks him down. Yep, so there goes someone I would like to have seen win this match. They're yes, same here. And here comes the, uh, well, no, there's another one. One of the young lions in tonight's Rumble match, mm-hmm. Gabriel Kidd, who, yeah. man, he just looks better and better every time I see him. Oh, the, after watching them, like, seeing the stuff that was happening with the G1 and seeing some of that matches and stuff, mm-hmm. these three guys, are. it's just like, I can't wait to see what is in oh, the future yeah. for all three of these dudes. No, I mean, it's, you know, New Japan, what a good problem to have because you have these guys that I feel like are not far off from being in positions to con- to contribute. And then you've got mm-hmm. Khan and you've got, you know, you've got these oh, yeah. 
you know, other young guys that have just come back that you're doing something with. So anyway, yeah, here comes Gabriel Kidd. But Bushi meets him before he can even get to the ring and is going to keep him from getting in the ring. He doesn't want the young boys in this match. And we were told there was a whole like thing backstage about should they be in the match or should they not be in the match. Right. So some of these wrestlers are not happy about these guys being here. And Hanma gets eliminated in the middle of all this. Correct me if I'm wrong. They've been a part of the match in years past, haven't they? I feel like a few of them, yeah. I just, yeah, I could have swore that they already had. But, but I mean, this year we've also that. been seeing like this. They've kind of been doing this story like throughout the year. Like before it was just uh, them against each other. They were kind of doing this at last Wrestle Kingdom with, or not Wrestle mm-hmm. Kingdom, but some of the earlier pay-per-views. I, I remember like early matches, we'd get like three young boys against three wrestlers instead of the usual right. mixed teams. Um, True. So yeah, these three guys have kind of had this like cold shoulder to all these wrestlers, I guess, for a while, but. Right. Hanma's gone. Tenzan's gone. We don't see it. Yeah, we don't see it. Show and Rocky work as a team on Fale. Tiger Mash joins in. And I was like, this is kind of a cool threesome here. But Chase mm-hmm. stops them from eliminating Fale. <laughs> oh, Chase. Why won't you let fun things happen? Uh, but anyway, next out, another young lion. It's Yuya Yumura. Well, because Chase Owens is out there, he's basically there to do mo- to have moves done to him by wrestlers that maybe not shouldn't be able to do those moves anymore. But Tiger Bomb by Tiger Mask on Chase Owens was pretty damn good. No, that's always, that was cool to see. Um, Fale tosses out Show, Rocky's tossed out, and we don't even see it. Yeah, yep. And yeah, like you said, Yu Yu Amura's out here. Uh, Bushi still hadn't let him in the ring. Yuya finally goes over there. Rocky is, like you said, eliminated off camera. So is Show. So is Tiger Mask. Yeah. And number 19, Yoda Suji makes his way out. Or is this 20 at this point? I don't know. Who cares? But yeah, here yeah. comes Yoda Suji. It is 20. Um, another another one of the you know promising up-and-coming young lions. Mm-hmm. Tanahashi's personal. I was line. so fucking excited for these three to like get rid of Fale together. And be right. like the three to go up against Toriano, like in the match. I was like, all right, this would be a fun, fun direction to go. Yeah. Nope. No. No. No, no fun. There'll be no fun directions <laughs> to go in this match. Um, Bushi trips Owens and pulls him to the floor. Uh, the Lions team up on Folly. They can't toss him. And then here comes the man of the hour himself, Toriano. Yeah. Number 21. Toriano, yeah. the, the last year's king of pro wrestling. And in a so Yano situation here at the end of this match, this is I do enjoy the fact that Yano doesn't oh, yeah. get into the ring. No, it's great. Yeah, follow <laughs> Fale is you know he wants Yano, and he's beating the lions up, you know, waiting for him to get there. He tosses out Kid, Suji and Yuya are also tossed, and the match is now over. Yes, <laughs> I love because like Bushi was the, the only ring. person paying attention to the numbers. Like the, <laughs> Chase and Fale are still like staring down Toriano, and like yeah. Bushi has to get in, like look at the ref and be like, "That's four, call yeah. for the end of the match." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Bushi, who had kind of been forgotten about a little bit as he's been outside the ring for a while, um, went, you know, it's one of the four winners. So we have Toruyano, Chase Owens, <laughs> Bad Luck Fale, and Bushi as and- your four finalists who will go on the following night of Wrestle Kingdom. To yeah. fight for the honor of the KOPW title. The, Yano's like the shot of Yano being confused about not having to get into the ring and then realizing he's won and just raising his hands is fantastic. I just, I oh, love no. that shit. Yeah, he's great. No, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, 
I love anything with Yano, but this match otherwise was a chore at times. And yeah, I didn't, you know, enter this thinking that we would get two Bullet Club members, specifically those two Bullet Club members in this match. But yeah. this is not the direction I was expecting. Um, we'll see what happens. I, yeah. I, I can't imagine Toriyano losing to any of these three. Like, no. how would you have any of these three be the year-long king of pro wrestling? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's Chase. You could have fun with it with Chase, but yeah. they don't really do fun a whole lot. No. You know what I mean? Like, they do some to some degree, but... No, that's... And also, that feels more 24-7 title with Chase Owens than it would be Yeah, what it has wrong. been anyways. Uh, but yeah, so Kevin Kelly then gives Chris Charlton shit for saying that they wouldn't need the mic because <laughs> as they're leaving, like, people are talking Chase, and stuff. Yeah, Chase Owens and yeah. others. So that's the uh, end of it, of the first uh, pre-match match, I guess. Here, yeah, that, now, yeah, that's match zero. Well, I mean, it's match one, but yeah, yeah. We go to um, you know the interlude of sorry. Sorts. My notes have all this now completely outdated shit about all the matches being in individual files for some reason on like for like oh. four days after <laughs> the show happened. Um, Yes, but yeah, we go to some man with like an eraser head wig on, and I was like, "What is happening?" And it is I was, apparently a I think, Don King, right situation. Yeah, I was thinking Don King when I saw it. Um, and again, no offense to them, that's not for us, but I don't have any notes really on this. He's addressing the crowd, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not exactly sure what he's saying. Yeah, at some point, I learned I think they're calling him Don King King Oshi. Um, okay, and then here comes Ricky Choshu with. with his- Terrified grandchild. Very scared grandchild. Yeah, six months old. Jesus. The the entire long walk, it's not happy. It's like looking terrified all around the whole way. Oh, yeah. Well, he's also just like barely got a hole. He's just like dangling the kid in like one hand. It's like, you know you have two hands, Ricky. Like um, We're told that Ricky will give a special greeting. But then the Don King guy cuts him off right before he's about to start speaking, which made me laugh. And then finally he allows Ricky to talk, who wishes everybody a happy new year, and then says that all the wrestlers have waited for this day, and it's finally here. Right. And uh, this is when it just went off the rails for me. I just... Then Don King sings a song? I guess it's the theme song? <laughs> yeah, like this theme music starts playing to the background of the video. Right. And like... Then there's like some of the wrestlers are lip syncing for a second, and then we just like right. we cut away from all the specially shot for this show footage and just go to <laughs> random like clips of wrestlers. Right. I was, yeah. I, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy. I just you know. But yeah, the Don King that's... character is like the host of the show, I guess, because he right. introduces each match before each match card shows up. <laughs> they run through all of them. It's it's entertaining. It's you know it's it's yeah. weird, but it is entertaining. And then we come back to the arena. And we're welcomed by Rocky Romero. It's January 4th, and you know what that means. Tokyo Dome and Wrestle Kingdom. It's Wrestle Kingdom 15. 
<laughs> the timing of LP's entrance with like this like grand entrance, and then like right after he says the name of the show, you think I'm gonna wear this piece of shit? <laughs> Jesus, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, that's match number two getting underway. It's the in New Japan Junior Heavyweight Number One Contenders match. It's the uh, yeah best of best of the Super Juniors winner mm-hmm. Hiromu Takahashi. And the Super J-Cup winner, El Fantasma. <laughs> yes. I just want to make sure I get those right. Yeah, it's L-I-J I like, versus Bullet Club. I like the idea of this. You know, I mean, as far, mm-hmm. the only thing that I don't love is that the Super J-Cup, El Fantasma, when you look back at that tournament, it's like, well, yeah, of course he won it. Yeah. who else were you going to put in the Tokyo Dome? <laughs> you know what I mean? And not because he's so much better than some of the people that were in that tournament, but they're but just been not established. people that are familiar with the New Japan fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't make really a lot of sense to have ACH just be like suddenly here on the, you know Even, making his right. debut here. I mean, I would love to have seen it, but oh yeah, it'd been a great match. But that's I know some people were disappointed in that, and that's just that's just kind of I think what a part of it probably was, you know. Yeah, but I I don't, I don't know, man. You were t- telling us beforehand you've already kind of tipped your hand on El Fantasma. You're not a fan. <laughs> I was kind of digging this weird, dirty El Fantasma version. With this yeah. ridiculous jacket and just disrespecting the Super J Cup jacket the entire way to the ring, I was like, "This yeah. is kind of entertaining to me." No, you're not wrong. I I was kind of like trying to figure out what was getting at me a little bit about him, and then literally at some point in this match, they make the comparison, and I go, "Ah, they the say X Pac, yeah." And I'm I like, "See that? Yep, yep." <laughs> he's like, so no, he's not. He's not awful though. No, it's it. This was and this match is just is fine. Also, so yeah, we're in the Tokyo Dome, and so of course it's going to be you know the big stage, and there's a long entrance ramp. So this takes a while for oh. even the people that aren't necessarily trying to take a long time to get there. We'll take a long time to get there, but yeah, him like taking his time, like disrespecting the thing, like rubbing it between yeah. his cr- just extends the amount of time it takes to get to the ring. Yes. We get the entire music of everybody that comes to the ring. I should have probably done it. So like, what would be your estimate? Estimated time on entrances in on this, this show. Four, hour, four hours and 46 minutes is the full match clip on New Japan. Okay. So obviously, there's some intermissions and some bullshit around there. What would you I, What would you guess as like a total runtime of entrances alone on this show? <sighs> there's got to be at least 35 minutes of entrances on here. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. Like, like I said, I don't know. I didn't like break it down. Yeah. But, but you're I usually mean, up to like eight to nine minutes into every video because I was watching each one individual in videos, ah, and that's how I right. kind of noticed you're about eight to nine minutes in before any match starts. Oh man, every match. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, there's nothing to do about it. It's just a long walk, you know. Yeah. Yep. Hiromu yeah. comes out to the, the ring in the world's most comfortable looking outfit I've ever seen. It looks like he's got like a couch turned into an outfit around him. Yeah, that's like what I look like on Sundays, except I'm just like laying on my couch with all that on top of me. Yeah. The announcers fill us in on how the crowd will be interacting. It's going to be a lot of claps, stomps, that sort of thing. Nobody's allowed to yell. You're not allowed to vocalize because of yeah. COVID. Um, we see El Fantasmo immediately roll out of the ring as the match begins. He throws the best of the Super Junior Trophy on the ground. Just Grabs his nice. jacket and berates the ringside help, asking, where is Liger? Because Liger was the person that apparently introduced this jacket idea as the winner of the I, Super J Cup, which I like. I think it's awesome. But oh, yeah. Of course, he's a shit. He's a shithead. So that's <laughs> what he's doing. Um, also, I don't know. 
And calling out Liger just feels like it should be taken off the table. Well, I I, I thought You're not that fight him. I thought that, but I also like where if if he was going to be at ringside like he usually is, that, I thought it would have been really? fine. But like he wasn't there, or at least we don't right. see him ever say like I'm right here. So. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't have his mask on and just didn't recognize him. Yeah, it was just odd to me. It just felt out of place at that point. No, you're right. No, yeah, because I think the gold jacket idea is cool. I like something, an alternative to a trophy, you know, thinking outside the box a little bit. It's it's funny to me that, like, you're mentioning, like, kind of getting that, like, a little under your skin, I guess, a little bit with, like, the Xbox sort of feeling and the shit heel sort of thing. But it's like, you're also the man that is the biggest Naito fan who has spent an entire year throwing the Intercontinental Championship on the ground and spitting on it. Well, that's true, but he's just a lot cooler <laughs> in his way about things. Like, true. Yeah, El Fantasmo, and I understand why they do it. But a lot of times I always feel like the foreigner heels, mm-hmm. they go way out of their way to be theatrical. They're very, and very big. obvious about what they're saying or doing, or they're, <laughs> yeah. they're I don't know. And I, I get why they're doing it. They're trying to be very clear in their. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm the bad guy. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, even if you're you can't wrong. necessarily understand, you know. So, no, and I'm not trying to say I hate El Phantasmo. I'm just, you know, I don't know. He's just he's getting under my skin a little bit. Well, yeah, and I can, and, and like, he goes out of his way to not only get under your skin in, like, the traditional over-the-top heel stuff, but then, like, right. when this match gets underway here, he's doing the most ridiculous, over-the-top, athletically impressive things, and it's just like... It's almost like he's doing it just to jab at the people that like wrestling in a meta sense and like the like That's, you know angry you that way. Well, and the commentary is even kind of calling on that throughout the match. Yes, like he's he's going out of his way to do things he doesn't need to do. Like he's <laughs> trying to mimic all the former Bullet Club leaders' finishing mm-hmm. moves and <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. And it's just you know I get it's he's doing he's being effective in what he's trying to do. He's trying to be heel, so it's yeah. like. You know, the feeling he's getting out of me isn't unintentional. No, you're, you're right. Uh, Hiromu attacks, though, after he rolled outside looking for Liger with a missile drop kick. They go kind of back and forth here. Hiromu hitting him with a dive from the top rope, lands on El Phantasmo and mocks his hand motion as he laughs about it. Uh, El Phantasmo again exits the ring after they get back in, though. He's trying to get in. Hiromu, though, goes for a sunset bomb. We get a nice little back and forth here, like a counter with Phantasmo flipping over top of him and then like running up onto the apron and results in him hitting a sunset bomb back on Hiromu. Um, I, I like that back and forth. It kind of got a little hinky in the oh, middle yeah. there. But. No, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, the movement and everything there was fine. But then, holy um, shit, this walk to the middle of the ropes thing, like, is it just because, like, does he just do, like, slack line walking on in his free time? Is that, that what this probably. guy is just about? Because it's like, I know, I've never seen any other wrestler as comfortable as El Fantasma seemingly is on the ropes. No, he's amazing up there. Maybe Muda. But, yeah. Or not <laughs> Muda. Um, I'm sorry. Hakushi. Jinsai Suzuki. <laughs> there you go. He was also really good at it. Um, yeah, no, it's great. It's a little early in the match for this kind of stuff. It it's is. Just, it's why I don't like old school. Because I know it's wrestling, but man, you're just watching an old man hold a man's hand. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, look at me walking on the top rope. Isn't this cool? You know. And that's the anyway. second replay of the match already. Like for a company yeah. that barely does replays, generally, like they hit us with two quick replays on El Fantasma moves early in this one. I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's true. Yeah, he had a moonsault to the floor before Hiromu could be counted out, um, and he gets up with a bit of a limp. We move back into the ring, and El Fantasmo slaps Hiromu around. Uh, but Takahashi fires back with chops. Uh, Fantasmo, though, cuts him off with a back kick. 
ELP then um oh they then discuss ELP spending the year kicking trees. Well, th- what was going on with this this foot thing? Like, it does are, were they telling a story that he had a loaded boot? Because that's what I was taking from this one hundred percent. And the announcers never said it. Hiromu sells every shot from this right yeah. foot like he is dying. I think that that may have been the story. I just don't know if the English commentary was let in on that part of the story. And then, like, yeah. he keeps, like, checking on his foot, and they're like, he's making sure it's underneath of him. Like, no, he, he's very clearly, like, doing something with his heel, but we don't ever go back to it or look at it closely. The ref never discovers it. Yeah, no, I think you're on to something there. Um, we get a mocking of the Terminator's dive, right? Yeah. Yep. Got the stomp going. Hiromu, though, cut that off with a John Woo-style shotgun dropkick. A Falcon Arrow from Hiromu only manages a two-count. Rocky compares El Fantasma to Sean Waltman. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we then get the foot stomp, kind of Garvin-style, Randy Orton-style for you kids out there, the walking around his opponent stomping on him. Yeah, with that uh, loaded boot that Hiromu's losing his mind like all his bones are breaking every stomp. Yeah, that no one will tell the English commentary team why he's so, like... Uh, yeah, back to their feet. Fantasma chopping Hiromu down. Chops in the corner. Uh, he blocks a chop tip from Hiromu and stomps on the hand, which, again, with the weighted boot. Fantasma uh, then with a tree of woe in the corner and lays him across the top rope and hit a senton for a two count, which was interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Rocky compares... Phantasmo's gear to the rated R superstar, which again, I was just like, is that intentional? Like, why are you? Because he did. Like, after he said that, I was like, yeah, you're right. His his gear looks like Edge. Like, you, yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for saying it, Rocky. I, now I can't stop seeing it, but oh, it was, it was an odd reference. Hiromu finally tra- starts to fight back here after another like t- uh, walk on the ropes spot. Uh, Hiromu does it again. Bites his fingers to counter. In the corner, Hiromu hits an insanely dangerous-looking move, like a wheelbarrow cradle driver. Yeah. Uh, Hiromu then blocks a CR2, and Phantasmo bites his fingers. LP then tries for the Styles Clash, but Hiromu counters that, hits the Dynamite Plunger, we're told. I don't know exactly. I've never heard that name, but okay. No, everything has a name, and they don't ever explain what any of it is. (laughs) Gets the two count. Hiromu's, though, his stomped hand is hurting him really badly, especially after he uses it for a slap. And he's just selling this hand as being broken. We see Phantasmo again fiddling with his boot. Right? He's he's loaded? No. Nope. We just keep moving on. Uh, he misses Hiromu with a super kick, a big slam, then another thrust kick from Hiromu. He tries for the time bomb, too. It used to be the D. LP counters into what looks like attempting the one-wing angel. And it turns into the cradled from behind back pile driver for a two-count. Yeah. Uh, Hiromu with a super kick out of the corner. Uh, he then put Phantasmal on his shoulders and began kind of lifting him to the top rope. Phantasmal, uh, though, escapes and delivers a kick to the head of Hiromu. Uh, ELP goes up and attempts a superplex, but is fought off. Uh, the ref was taken out by ELP, and it looked pretty, you know, like it was on purpose from Phantasmal's part. Yeah. Uh, Takahashi is still up top, and ELP delivers a low blow 
Because it's New Japan, and they would have disqualified you from that. No, they would. <laughs> this company acts like they're I mean, so they, you might have gotten, on the rules. You might have gotten a ref that right after he did it wouldn't have counted the pinfall, but they wouldn't have disqualified you whatsoever, <laughs> no. no. They, yeah, they act like this is like, oh, a very rule-oriented company. <laughs> they don't do shit. And later in the show, dude just uses a chair, and the ref just like side-eyes him. Like, that's his like, punishment for it. Uh, yeah, anyway. So Hiromu's still up there. ELP hits a low blow, then a top rope hurricanrana. A frog splash from Phantasma gets a near fall. Uh, Hiromu blocks ELP's finisher and rolls him up. ELP comes back, hits the Styles Clash, but only gets a two count. And both men are now down, exhausted. Uh, Phantasma with a V-trigger and then attempted a one-winged angel. Mm-hmm. Takahashi, though, escapes and hits the DVD in the corner, running him into the turnbuckle. Uh, Phantasma, though, counters a time bomb again into a roll-up for a two-count. Phantasma with a stomp of the fingers, followed by a kick to the head of Takahashi. But Hiromu counters the CR2 for like the fourth freaking time. Yeah. Must be the worst finishing move in the world. <laughs> um, into her Karana and holds on to the legs, Rey Mysterio style, for the one, two, three. Your winner, Hiromu Takahashi, the time bomb. Yeah. So, Takahashi moving on tonight to fight for the junior championship. The junior heavyweight championship. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Um, yeah. But yeah, Hiromu's selling the hand being broken still afterwards. He's like crying about his hand, and as he leaves, LP again stops and adjusts his heel on his way. And again, the announcers refuse to mention any of it. I don't understand how they missed it so badly. (laughs) They definitely were out on that one. Oh, I'm really surprised. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying he was really upset as he left ringside. Hiromu shouting something, and we're told that he says tomorrow will be no fun with this broken hand. (laughs) Probably not. No, I I wouldn't imagine. We go to the next match area video thing. Uh, Kevin Kelly gives credit to Chris Sampsa for statistics that he'll be giving throughout the show, and then I don't remember hearing many statistics from him after that point. No, it's just Charlton on whatever like poem he's written about Kota Ibushi over there (laughs) reciting it. Match number three. It's the IWGP Tag Team Championship match representing the Bullet Club, the Gorillas of Destiny, the Challengers, the Silverback, Tonga Loa, the Bad Guy, Tama Tonga, and the epic legend of all time, Jado. Taking on, representing Suzuki-Goon, the Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi, and Zack Sabre Jr. Don't forget about their buddy. Who comes out with them? Doesn't Doki come out with? Him oh then... yeah, Doki ends up showing up. Yeah, because we've got both one guy with a stick, so we got another guy with a stick. Right. Yeah, this is uh, the annual um, tag team championship challenge for the Grills of Destiny, who just apparently are. Well, in line usually for... they're the ones losing the the tag teams here. That's also yeah. You're not wrong about that either. <laughs> um, they were also just another team where it was like they just felt like they were out of the picture so much that yeah. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, Gorillas of Destiny, they're they're back. And it's just, and I still just continue to wonder, we've talked glowingly in the past about him, and I don't know why he's still in this tag team, but Tamatanga. Like, yeah. he's just a guy that at this point, that now I'm almost, like, upset that he's not moved on up past <laughs> this. Yeah. Because I, I do feel like he could be a, a big single star and has the potential to put on great matches with, you know, anybody on this roster. And instead, he's, he just... Puts on his Roman Reigns cosplay and, you know, swears. 
He's kind of polarizing. I think there's some people that don't think that he can do those big singles matches. I feel like it's the other way, like like the times that we've gotten to see him do those things. Yeah. He seems like he's always very good. He's very skilled. Um, mm-hmm. Smooth wrestler in the ring. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand why it is that he, he just continues to be in this position. But I'm sure Tangaloa is super happy about it because oh, yeah. he's now a legend as far as a New Japan tag team wrestler because if they win this match, they'll become seven-time tag team champs, which is apparently a record number, according to Chris Charlton, as we get the entrance here. Yeah, impressive stuff there. Yeah, uh, speaking of smooth, Tama Tonga is cut <laughs> off the hair and shaved the face and yes. caused quite a stir and with a... The ladies on the social medias. So he looks like uh, ten years younger because his beard had gotten like all gray, like right before he shaved yeah. it off too. So like it's just like suddenly he looks much younger there. Yeah, and they have Jado with them. Somehow able to make it all the way down that long <sighs> entrance ramp. I don't know how his knees hold out, man. It's just it's so yeah. Anyways, no um, Jado's terrible. I don't know why they keep bringing him to the ring. He, he needs did I home. hear? Did I hear Charlton Ride that the Gorillas of Destiny had never actually won the tag league until this year? I think that's what. Or what? I th- yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Or maybe, or maybe it was. Or had they never won tag gold in the Tokyo Dome? I think that's what he was saying. Yeah. Okay. The, the yeah, there was something that I, I kind of got mixed up on. I was like, what? No way. So. The uh, the Techers will have Doki along with them, like you said. And I was like, oh, okay, we can't get Mio Abe to appear, but Doki can come right. out again. Exactly, yeah, no women allowed. Um, Rocky Romero and Kevin Kelly give Charlton crap because he stops his thought to uh, pause for Tai Chi's singing to begin. Yes. Which always cracks me up how he sells... <laughs> How he does a good job of selling that he he loves Tai Chi singing. So no, that's that's a fun running gag. I I always enjoy listening to those guys go on about that stuff. Um, <laughs> once they get to ringside here, Jado and Doki touch tips with their kendo stick and crumpled aluminum pole, and uh, we, you know we establish yeah. that these, this is going to be the tension here. Yeah, there's the Wrestle Kingdom singles match we're waiting for. Jado and Doki. Oh yeah, that'd be the way to go. Get Hikuleo uh, in there while you're at it. <laughs> So Tai Chi gets right in the face of Tama Tonga after he's done singing. The match begins uh, with an all-out brawl as the Techers are getting an early advantage here. Greco-Roman throat hold by Tai Chi early on, according to Kevin Kelly, which is it's just how he's, he's calling it every time that it's a choke, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, awesome stuff there. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. tags in. We get a double-team boot, boot choke in the corner. Mm. Uh, Zach ties Tama up and eventually gets an arm bar. He's just schooling Tama here. I mean, it's all oh, yeah. that Zack Sabre stuff that you can't even describe. Uh, Tama gets a rope break. Uppercuts from Sabre Jr. in the corner, followed by a tag to Taichi, uh, who goes back to just choking Tama on the mat, which does make for like, a great moment later in the match when I think Tonga Loa is like, yeah. choking one of these guys. And the rest, he's like, they've been choking us the whole match. Like, <laughs> yes. How are you getting on us about that? Uh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then I was like, and then I it was kind of disappointing when I realized that Finn Juice could have possibly been here, but they came up just short, unfortunately. So yeah, they they couldn't quite finish out the tag league. That's but un- the announcers go way over the top and making sure that we know who they are, what's going on, and that they're first in line after this. So, and it's funny they do the same thing. Juice apparently like ruined two matches on tonight's card because <laughs> he also was a should have been fighting Kenta, but he oh okay. Broke his orbital bone, and so... Gotcha. Didn't realize that. Um, So yeah, Jado allows uh, Tonga twist from Tama, and uh, Doki gets beat on by Jado a bit. 
Tongaloa comes in as the Gorillas of Destiny get some time to shine with attacks on Tai Chi as the announcers give love to Finjuice. A tag in on Loa. Both men hit the rolling senton over the ropes into the ring. Is that the quebrada? Is that what they call that? I think that's the technical term for it. So the Gorillas of Destiny begin taunting Zack Sabre Jr. by not allowing Tai Chi to even get halfway across the ring. And Zack Sabre Jr. is looking at him like, I mean, okay, like, well, I'll get in there eventually. Uh, back Correct. suplex by Tongaloa. Cocky pin for a two count. Charlton says, if you only watch Wrestle Kingdom once a year, you may be confused, but the fans, if they could cheer, they would be cheering on Taichi because he's won over all these fans this year. Yeah, he's he's all in on the Taichi selling. I love it. Um, yep. That's well, the other thing, too, about like Zack Sabre not selling, like, oh, please let me make a tag because they're bad guys. Like, it's yeah. another th- <laughs> problem I have with this match is these are two, like, the dangerous techers went out of their way over the course of this year to establish themselves as, like, Bad, badass heels like yes. they're yep. you know bad to the bone the Tanahashi and if Kota Ibushi finally get stuff. the upper hand they'll use the iron fingers on you and right. they'll get a win yeah but I'm sorry you ran into the wall that is the gorillas of destiny when it comes to the <laughs> New Japan tag team division yeah Tama chokes Taichi the ref pulls him off and that's when we get that great moment where he's yelling about you they've been literally choking right. us this entire match Taichi yeah. counters a boot chokes him they battle both men are down after an enzigiri from Taichi. Yeah, hot tags to Loa and Sabre Jr. Zach with a running elbow in the corner on Tama. Then they hit a running step-up tornado DDT on Tonga Loa. Uh, Zach swept the leg of Tama and rolled him up for a two. Sabre Jr. ties Tama up in an octopus of sorts. It's Zach, so he's weirder. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got a rope break. Dude, this stuff's uh, great. Like, Oh, yeah. Zack Sabre Jr., we got that one moment at the very beginning of the G1 where he had to wrestle another major heel that like it put him into the babyface role with the fans, and it was yeah. a lot of fun watching him at that point. And like right here, it kind of felt like the same thing. It was like, this is like a babyface hot tag that he's doing right now, and it's oh, great. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the Techers are doing what they're doing. I'm, it's great that they're bad guys or whatever, but that eventual face turn for Zack Sabre Jr. in New Japan is going to be very interesting. Oh, yeah. You know, he's going to be a big star. Uh, Tama ducks out of the ring. Loa then hits a double clothesline from behind. Tama with a drop kick for Sabre Jr. as Loa held him. You know, his arms behind his back. Loa then begins choking Zack. Tama with a falling neck breaker, and Loa covers for a two. Uh, Tonga Loa hits Zack Sabre Jr. with forearms, but Zack caught him in a rear naked choke. Uh, Tama breaks it up. Tama then with a back drop into a power bomb. Ming and Barbarian faces of fear style here from these guys. Uh, that was pretty awesome stuff. The old one guy back drops him onto the shoulders of his partner in a power bomb position and, you know, drops oh, yeah. him. That Looks was good. Tai Chi's able to save the match, though, and stops the pinfall. And I was like, how are his pants still on at this point in the match? Like, we're really going right now, but it'll be a little while. Uh, Jado calls for a super power bomb. And the gorillas look for it on Zach, but he counters it into a hold and in runs Tai Chi, who puts a hold on Tama Tonga. And the Techers look like they might be pulling away with the victory here, but Zach Sabre Jr. calls for Tai Chi to come get your ass over here. He's like, it's the fucking Tokyo Dome. Get over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Tower of Doom from the Techers gets a two count. Uh, tai Chi makes a tag and has some kicks for Tama Tonga. A double clothesline from Tai Chi on the Gorillas of Destiny. Taichi then with Buzzsaw kicks to the head of Tonga Loa. Only manages a two count. Zach would save Taichi from Tama. We get a Zach driver attempt that's blocked by Tama. Uh, clothesline from Tonga Loa after a neck crank from Sabre Jr. 
on his partner Tama. Uh, Taichi then with an enziguri, followed by all four men being down on the mat. So time for the third act to begin. We get a shot of the tag team <laughs> titles, and here we go. Yeah, you're not wrong. I didn't realize how much it was like <laughs> directly set like that, but you're right. Um, I'm not sure where exactly that's this okay. Gets uh, so Loa and Taichi are now on their feet. Tonga Loa attempts to take down Taichi. Zack Saber with the save and a a snapmare and a place kick. Tama though uh, delivers the cutter on Saber Junior. Taichi though blocked his attempt on him. Uh, Loa would then come in and miss a clothesline. Taichi caught him with a big side to suplex for a near fall. Taichi then takes the pants off, gives the people <laughs> what they want. Uh, but Jado gets in the ring. So Jado yeah. with the distraction. Tama takes the Izuka steel glove and uses it on Taichi. Tonga Loa hits the sit-out pile driver, Rikishi style. One, two, three. Your winners in a Great tag team match, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm just disappointed in the finish here. Uh, your winner is the Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah, no, I wanted the the Dangerous Techers to go on and and have defended just, this title here, but I just I sometimes and I know, listen, who am I to question New Japan? But this it just feels like Wrestle Kingdom should kind of be like the reward for like yeah. your service over the year is how I kind of feel about it a this, lot of times. And I just feel like the Techers were the only tag team. Of any significance in this company, other than like Abushi Tanahashi, yeah, right, right. Like that was interesting for a little bit, but yeah, I just, I, I, you know, it seemed like an odd pair at one time, but I really, really liked the combination of Saber Junior and Taichi. So yeah, uh, just this felt very much like WWE. They realized that they had a chance to make a a, a record, and so they took it, and right. so <laughs> yes, seven time like winners. Could- they could win it next time or a month from now. Or or yeah, something. New Year's Dash, yeah. Uh, right. So, yeah, getting Anyways. their first win in the Dome, the Gorillas head back as champions, and apparently they went into the crowd at some point because at some point Kevin Kelly's like, because it's taken a while for Zack Sabre Jr. and Doki and all them to leave, and Jr. keeps looking over at the other side right. of the arena, and, like, Kevin Kelly says, or Chris Charlton, I think it was, it says something about, like, they may get in trouble for going through the crowd, <laughs> but they're having a good time soaking it all in. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Techers and Doki are upset post match. You know, uh, Doki even has to carry Taichi out on his back as he yeah, piggyback style completely knocked out by the steel glove. Yeah. And the video when it's in its individual match versions ends mid word from Rocky because the English announcers refuse to follow format and shut up between the like oh. the break points. when we take that wide shot. Yeah. No, they they never <laughs> they never seem to have understood that. Yeah, because it's time for a special appearance, a big promo here yeah. as John is, Moxley, real quick, the United just, champion appears. I didn't watch this all in one sitting. This is a long show. Ah. I went into it expecting not to watch it all in one sitting, so I was kind of looking for that breaking point. And when right. I was sitting there, like clicking out of the video to go into the next one, when I saw that the next match was Kojima and Kenta, I was like, "This, this is my time. This is my break time." So I, <laughs> I broke right here. And a man, when I hit play, when I come back, and like this is the first thing I see, having not seen any spoilers that this was happening, I was right. so fucking happy. Like this was so cool. Yeah, yeah. John Moxley, the United States Champion of New Japan, uh, cuts a promo. Yes. And I beheld a pale horse. And on him sat a rider. The 
rider's name was Death. And Hell followed with him. Wait, oh, shoot. I forgot. This is in two files. Sorry. That was the introduction there, and then it became revealed that it was Moxley as the lights came up, and he said this. Many men have vied for that U.S. title contract. They all thought they were going to get off easy. They all hoped and prayed that the United States heavyweight champion would never return. But I'm the boogeyman in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I will get you eventually. So whoever walks out of the Tokyo Dome with that contract, make no mistake about it, I'm coming for you. Coming to get ya. Yeah. I just thought it was funny that like he called himself the boogeyman I'm and the boogeyman. I'm coming to get ya. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh. Uh, no, I thought this was great though. It was, you know, it's it's simple, obviously being that it is in English and the main you know, most of the people there are probably not necessarily hearing all of it right, right away. Um right. they they generally do keep these very quick and sing simple, you know, like mm-hmm. Jericho's always just, you know, I'm coming for you at this date, and that's it. And like, really, all they yeah. had to say. And so, I thought this was good. It confirms that, you know, he is coming back to defend it. It's not necessarily just going to eventually turn into the title, um, uh, the the briefcase itself. So, sure. No, yeah, exactly. At some point, anyway. I mean, it's it's not really much more information other than no, yeah, <laughs> no idea when, uh, but yeah, it's coming someday. Some but yeah. that brings us uh, to match number four. Match number four, the number one contenders match for the United States Championship. It's Santoshi, it's Satoshi Kojima, along with Hiroshi Tenzan, taking on the briefcase holder, Lil K Kenta. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one that, you know, coming in, I wasn't expecting a whole lot of because Kojima is a guy that when I first started watching New Japan, he stood out as like one of the legend characters that I liked more than the others. Um, yeah. I think he's a really good wrestler, and he's also just really grown on me ever since, and he's become one of my favorites. But at the same okay. time, he's gotten older as I've been watching, and very you know I didn't necessarily expect him to be able to pull out a great singles match on a, a Tokyo Dome show. But yeah. man, this match—I'll tell you, just spoilers—I really, really, really like this match. Like the way that it ends up coming together. Oh no, this match is great. You know, I, I was a big fan of this too, and Kenta is just one of those guys that's like keep. You know, sleeping on Kenta, people, and mm-hmm. you're going to be shocked when he's like the heavyweight champion at some point. Like, <laughs> well, it's like, and I don't know if it's the crowd playing along with some of it too, but like, the, he almost seems like offended with how little they react whatsoever to him coming out here and stuff. Like, there's just no noise, like, no clapping, nothing. Which, you right. know, if you're a heel is a good thing, I guess, but it's just interesting the interaction that Kenta has with the crowd versus some of the other guys. No, that's true. Well, and he doesn't have the relationship with the audience that some of the top top, top stars do. So, yeah, uh, that's why the heel route was such a smart one to go because, you know, just mm-hmm. if they don't like him, then fine, don't like him. Yeah, uh, but this is ten yeah. years to the day since uh, Kojima main evented the Tokyo Dome against Hiroshi Tanahashi. We're told by Chris Charlton that Kojima did. Yeah, yeah, Ko- yeah, Kojima. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Kojima was. I mean, a decade ago was the guy. You know, as far mm-hmm. as you know having just recently come back, you know, from his time away from the company, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, big deal. Yeah. Juice Robinson, um, is not in this match because of a injury that he suffered. So that's why we got Kojima in that spot. Uh, Rocky Romero calls the briefcase an interim championship. And I agree, you know, like my God, well, yeah, I, I think, I think you, 
it's like the cruiserweight title it in is. NXT to some degree. It's you were gone for so long. Yeah. We won't talk about why you were gone. You were gone for so long that we gave the belt to somebody else. Yeah, I can see and that. Now, but like in a, MMA style, you know, now they fight and you unify the belt. But the idea, like, because then Chris Charlton goes on to say that, like, well, if you think about it, if it's the title, then he's the most successful U.S. champion that we've ever had. And I'm like, well, no, because you never, he hasn't gone over the first hill, so then none of these would count sure. regardless. Right. If like, yeah, these aren't these aren't defenses of the yeah. belt. Yeah. But yeah, so Kenta wearing his T-shirt that has a Florida logo on it. I I don't know what's going on with his T-shirt. That's probably some kind of knock at like Florida NXT. I like, guess. I don't know. But, <laughs> well, that's the other thing about the Bullet Club that just also drives me crazy. They all have a shirt now. Mm-hmm. They don't. No one wears a Bullet Club shirt. No. no Nobody no, wears none a of their Club graphics shirt. will even read Bullet Club. It'll all be a no. different version of a club. No. Yeah. It's Stitch <laughs> Switch Club and all this other bullshit. So. Uh, so it's six years since Kenta had a match in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. Um, he has defended that case four times um, against Jeff Cobb, Tanahashi, David Finley, and most recently, Brody King. Yeah. Yes. Um, the announcers talk about how he's won his matches in shady ways, however, a few times using the contract case, specifically wow. against like David Finley. Um He's cautious of locking up with Kojima, continually rolling out, but after Kenta yells at Tenzon to get out of here, Kojima yeah. has had enough, and he attacks on a, attacks him with a, a bunch of stomps as he rolls back in. Kevin Kelly then gets a text from Ian Riccoboni that because of a flub in reading, goes over like a lead balloon. Ring of Honor play-by-play announcer Ian Riccoboni sending me a note saying he wants to make sure, Kojima wants to make sure that... Uh, some respect in Kenta's mouth. Is that the phraseology? I'm not sure what these hip kids talk about sometimes. I'm sure Ian just like was at home going, oh. All you have to do is read the text. He like at some point he like he's looking you can tell he's looking at it and he's like not he isn't just reading the words, he's like yes. interpreting them and then like saying an interpretation of what this says. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that made me laugh. Uh, Kojima overpowers Kenta, coming off the ropes with a shoulder block. Again, Kenta rolls out. This time, though, he shoves Tenzon, which brings Kojima out. Kenta throws Kojima into Tenzon and then DDTs him on the floor. Kojima angrily kicks out after two after Kenta put his knee across his face in the cover. Yeah. Well, everybody talks about how bad Kenta is and how much he cheats. Kenta doesn't have a single member of the Bullet Club at ringside with him. Yeah. And he's been dealing with Tenzon the whole, whole beginning of this match, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, there's no Dick Togo out here. No, yeah, where is Dick Togo? Well, he's with Evil, I guess, but. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing too about Kenta. It's like, are you in the Bullet Club? I think they kicked you out <laughs> quietly. They're really different you. than all the rest of the Bullet Club members, yeah. <laughs> you don't seem to have any of them with you. Anyways, uh, Kenta, a snapmare, a place kick to the spine, uh, headlock from Kenta. Um, with use of the legs, like kind of the figure four headlock with the legs. Uh, Kojima would get the rope break. Toe-to-toe from these two until Kenta loved, drops him. With, yes? Ko- I loved Kojima selling the choking after he got out of that. Like I was, just, He just puts so much more effort into like the little things that you don't really see sometimes from some of the other wrestlers yeah. that I, I thought was great here. Sell! You know, it's like you cra- it's crazy <laughs> to realize like how much that shit works. Men um, go toe-to-toe. Kenta drops Kojima with a kick to the chest. Uh, Kojima, though, comes back with the Mongolian chops in honor of his partner, Tenzan. Oh, yeah. And drops Kenta. We get machine gun chops in the corner from Kojima. 
Uh, but Kenta would turn the tides and put it into all the fun, delivering forearms. <laughs> yes. No, it's just I, I, I enjoyed Kenta doing his version of whatever Kojima's like call out thing is when he's just like, yeah. he's like, I'm going to use forearms in a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, he just did it himself. Uh, Kojima with a running forearm in the corner. Kenta, though, cuts him off on the top rope after he'd sat Kenta up top mm. and uh, looks for a superplex and eventually hits it. So, solid stuff there. Kenta, though, hits the forearm and stole the catchphrase. So that's where he, like, did his yeah. this same version of it. I enjoyed that. I don't, I don't know what he says. No, yeah, it's something about bastard. But uh, then Kenta right. throws Kojima down in the corner, screams his own, like you said, saying the mock version of it. He hits the diving clothesline for two. A little later on the apron, Kojima counters an apron suplex with a DDT onto the apron on Kenta. It's pretty good. Uh, the announcers then awkwardly shove in the words of King's Road into the conversation. I was like, what are we talking about right now? A beautiful DDT by Kenta on Kojima back in the ring. We get the corner drop kicks from Kenta, and we're told how you know he wants to make sure that everyone knows that Shibata stole those from him. It, it was actually Kenta that started that, and Shibata stole it. I was like, well, that might be the case, but Shibata's look a lot better than that shit version he just did in the corner there. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's afraid to kill Kojima. Exactly. I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, he's being nice. Coup de gras, right. though, only gets a two count on Kojima as he's able to kick out. Yeah. Uh, Kojima blocks a GTS attempt from Kenta and hits the Koji cutter. Uh, Kojima then tosses the elbow pad aside. So bad news for Kenta. Uh, but Kenta catches Kojima in a power slam. He then has the briefcase, brings it into the ring, but the ref stops him. And he just pushes the ref aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's cool. But Kojima blocks the briefcase with a forearm. He just, like, he just... He clotheslines it away, it. basically. Yeah, he just <laughs> clotheslines it away, which I've never seen. Um, he then hits a clothesline on Kenta, but only manages a two-count. Uh, and Kenta would come back with a running knee strike, and both men are down, catching their breath. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he keeps looking for that cozy Larry at the big right arm there, but Kojima pounds his chin with forearms to avoid a GTS. He wants that lariat again. Kenta, though, is able to counter that in strikes with slaps to the face. Another psycho knee, running knee thing. Uh, Kojima kicks out. Kenta has the fireman's carry, hits the go to sleep, and pins Kojima one, two, three. And I was just like, man, that match got me way more involved than it probably should have. I really enjoyed it. I thought they told a really good story. Kojima's just such a good wrestler. and It was a total pro at selling the early moves that made everything at the end make that much more sense. I yeah, thought this no, was this, great. This was a match I thought a testament to how good this match was was how much the crowd was into it by the end. This yeah. was one of the this is the loudest the crowd had been all night uh, up to this point mm-hmm. uh, towards towards the end of the finale of this match. And so it says a lot about the work done here. But yeah, Kenta picks up the victory, retains his U.S. championship briefcase, and uh, the announcers immediately begin discussing the potential matchup with Moxley. And uh, Tenzan helps his buddy Kojima to the back. Yeah, we're reminded that it's been 15 years since Kenta won a match in the arena, and that in the Tokyo Dome, apparently. So yes, there yes. you go. And uh, it's intermission time. It's time to oh, you wipe. got intermission. Okay. It's time to they wipe cut those that ropes shit out of my videos. Oh man, you missed a lot <laughs> that I didn't watch either. So that okay, works out good. for the, the two of us. All I did watch was because I didn't know what it was at first. I was like, I didn't know this was an intermission. A random video game commercial that stars Naito and apparently the guy that like paid for the making of the video game. And it's like they're in a restaurant and it, there's like some hijinks and it it's kind of silly over. I don't know. I was okay. just like, 
I was like, what is this? I was like, oh, it was a commercial for a video game. Like, all it right. wasn't like, because in the past they've done a few involvements with the Yakuza series. It wasn't the latest like Xbox version of the Yakuza game, was it? Mm, I think there might have been a commercial for the Yakuza game. I don't remember. It was something different. I like skipped around because okay. it was just, it was also a lot of the stuff that they aired before the show. St- you know, it was like gotcha. some of that kind of stuff that. Okay. But yeah, okay. they cleaned the ropes, you know, wiping it down. And, yeah, uh, I, was, I was curious because at the end, when we go into the final match of the night, like Kevin Kelly mentions, like, it's been a long night here at the Tokyo Dome. And like, as I was keeping track of my times on just the video files that they were giving me, I was like, it's actually quite short compared to most New Japan, you know, Wrestle Kingdoms. And so I was yeah. just like, man, there must have been the bunch cut out. So I was curious if the full version would have had that all cut out or not. But I guess not. Yeah, I would say there was probably 10 or 15 minutes, maybe a little bit more between the rumble in the first match. Okay. And then there's probably about equal amount of time here between uh these two. The end of the end of that match and the beginning of uh, the Tanahashi match. Gotcha. So yeah, it's time for match number 5 unless you got more about five. the sanitation. Nope. All right, match number nope. 5 representing the Empire, it's Great Okan against the New Japan Army Ace of All Time Hiroshi Tanahashi. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not the old decrepit broken down <laughs> useless horse that they're going to have to take out back. And I mean, I just, I just felt like this match, uh, maybe um, there's a couple other things. The English commentary is just almost to the level of obnoxious, yeah. man. Kevin Kelly treats Hiroshi Tanahashi like Fox news treated Hillary Clinton in oh. 2016. Like, <laughs> he just like every time he does anything, it's like, this could be the last time he does this, or I yeah. can't believe he can still do that. Or, Oh, his body's going to break if he does this. It's just, <laughs> oh, my God, man. It's like, and then he wins. Spoiler alert. Well, which I was like, I was like, what was the story? Why are you telling this story? And then, great. so then when Great Khan gets beat, he got beat by some old, broken-down wrestler that can, well, shouldn't even be out there anymore. I took it as, you know, he got very close but couldn't quite, you know, do it, make it in the big, on the big right. stage or whatever. But, yeah. Yeah. So Okan has a picture of Tanahashi stuck to his face. I thought it was pretty cool. He crumples it up. Kevin wonders if he will face half of the ace, because like you said, they're very on the nose about how <laughs> decrepit and, and broken Hiroshi yeah. Tanahashi is. Yeah. And there's like there's uh, a fan dressed up as Great Okan in the crowd, and which I've been told is like a huge sign that like the character is getting over over there is when you start having cosplayers. So nice. apparently that is uh going well so far for Great Okan. In yeah, Japan Great in America Every podcaster I've ever listened to seems to hate this. And under, not, I mean, not the podcasters, but at least the feedback they all get is from people that are just like, I don't get this. Why is this character here? He's bad. I don't like it. <laughs> so, I love it. I think I, it's grown great. on me lately, and especially this yeah. match specifically. Right. Yeah. He's. Uh, we hear Great Khan was 46-0 and 0 during his time in Rev Pro, and uh, so had a great run over there. Uh, Which, Charlton. What a, what a great fucking team... That must have, that must be. You sent your no name guy to this other company and they put him over 46 times and never let him lose. Like, right. I that think Kelly or, Kelly or someone mentions that it was against inferior competition. <laughs> okay. So I think there was an angle at some point where he was like running over. Oh, know, okay. I got you. Uh, Charlton hints at a TV deal for New Japan. And this is the beginning of by now, maybe it's been announced. All I keep hearing is the tease of an announcement about a New Japan TV deal. It's like, you guys have had your second night of, New, of Wrestle Kingdom. You've had New Year's Dash. Mm-hmm. 
when exactly are we announcing the TV? Did deal? you check their Twitter? Like, because that's what he says here is that like, as we're watching this, an interesting video has just dropped on new Japan's Twitter. And I just would have thought that if it got announced, I would have seen it everywhere. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen because he, he teases the color purple. Yes. And so my first thought was B in sports. My first thought was HBO max because they've been a big ah. purple brand situation, but well, that, that would be way better <laughs> than being on B in sports with MLW. So, you know, they have, I mean, a, who knows? they have a purple logo. They have a purple logo though. So that's why I said that. We'll see where it, I, I only because I was trying to avoid spoilers for week two for yeah, next week's look, show. No. I didn't search for it, but you'll uh, spoil everything if you look for it. Probably. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, yeah. Hopefully that's good news. I don't know what they're talking about, but I was just—I have in my notes. I really want these two to fucking tear the house down. This was the match that coming into it, everyone was shitting on being even booked. I want them to ah. just prove everyone wrong and have a great match. For the most yeah. part, they do. But there's some, I think there's so. Some things. Um, but yeah, Kevin Kelly says last year Tanahashi was the loser to Chris Jericho by submission at the Tokyo Dome to one of the most embarrassing moves of all time. <laughs> The Boston Crab, which we yeah. also continue to not allow any reference to the fact that Jericho did use that as like a finishing move around the world afterwards. But OK, right. No. Yeah. Char- Charlton is quick to get in there on how ridiculous it is that he would lose to the Boston <laughs> Crab. Yes. Uh, yeah. Khan is standing with his arms crossed in the middle of the ring, staring at the entrance as Tanahashi enters. Yeah, I like that. Um, you know, they talk about the Jericho stuff. The matchup starts, and Khan uh, has a strategy here. He's going to attack the legs of Tanahashi, trying to uh, find an advantage anywhere he can. Uh, Tana eventually even teasing Khan by kind of, you know, hitchhiking, yeah. as I put it, as he just sticks his leg out there, like, come on, big boy. And you know, <laughs> then he pulled the leg back away as Khan would reach for it. Um, yeah, so kind that. of very MMA based. Beginning to this match is that's Khan style, you know, I, which is what well, I like about him is that he has a very reality based move set. Like I'd seen like some of like the bigger wrestling moves that he does. I hadn't necessarily seen a lot of the this stuff so far right. with him. And so like having them explain that, you know, as an actual person, he was this, you know, all time, you know, all Japan, not not all Japan, the company, but all <laughs> right, Japan, right. like all American uh, wrestler. Mm-hmm. And apparently has this like big, you know, pedigree in, in MMA and in, in amateur yep. wrestling. So I was like, that's a cool, you know, twist to this added gimmick that he's put put together here. Well, they'd even go so far, I think Charlton, to say that like he doesn't even like pro wrestling. Yeah, like, yeah, they tell us that <laughs> he was recruited, you know, based on his skills. So oh yeah, uh, yeah. So Khan continues to look for a knee bar. Tanahashi though works to a side headlock because it's very mat based and technical. Starting off here. Mm-hmm. Cole Khan pulls on the hair and eventually drops Tanahashi with a shoulder tackle and then a body slam. Tana ta- Tanahashi attempts to skin the cat. And this was like an odd situation because it was like he couldn't quite do it, but it was could he not do it or did Khan go over there and like hit his hands? Because well, the English commentary he almost was- acts like they didn't see Khan go over there and chop his fingers. Well, yeah, I think the idea was that he was supposed to be trying and then Khan hit his hands to knock him down. Ah, But because also I think Khan was slightly late on getting over there, it Mm. made it feel a little bit awkward because we were just like watching Tana hang there for a second. (laughs) But yeah, the announcers don't do a great job of explaining it, though, because like you said, they're just like, oh, the brittle, you know, Tanahashi can't skin the cat. He used to do that with such ease. Yeah, uh, he can't do anything anymore. He can probably can't even d- jump anymore. 
Okando uh, grabs him and walks him to the rampway and just scoop slams him onto the hard fucking wood. Which again, I'm like, if this man is breaking down, <laughs> maybe we don't need to do a body slam on the entrance ramp. Yep. That's I do love, funny. though, I love watching the uh, the continued f- uh, friendship and cheering on of Yoda Suji for Tanahashi, though, because he is right there to try yep. to talk, you know, Tana back into the ring. He gets the crowd clapping. Uh, but as he gets. That's his per- What's that? I said, that's his personal guy. Yeah. But as he gets back in the ring, Okan grabs Tana's ear and squeezes it, and we're talk- they talk about his cauliflower ears. Okan uh, forces Tana's face onto his own foot, foot like his boot, sh- yeah, his boot, his uh, his boot, shouting. I'm guessing about kissing his boot or something, but the announcers didn't probably. translate this one. Uh, Tana, though, able to get back at him with a dragon screw leg whip, and both men are down. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tanahashi fires up. Uh, he hits the second rope somersault senton. Gets a two count, which I just always love how excited fans get about his second rope senton. Khan mm-hmm. uh, countered a sling blade attempt, though, into a front face drop. Men exchange forearms. Khan puts an end to all that, though, with a pump kick. And three Mongolian chops put Tanahashi down. A flatliner from Khan manages only a two count, though. Khan uh, would then continue the punishment with a half crab like submission hold on Tanahashi, who would work his way to a rope break. Uh, Khan attempted to overhead belly-to-belly Tanahashi from the inside of the ring to the floor, but thank goodness Tanahashi is able to skin the cat, (laughs) and he hits a twist and shout on Great Khan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that was, uh, you know, it was good to see him able to get that that, uh, skin the cat since it was so terribly hard earlier. Tana, though, with a sling blade on Okan, but only gets a two count. Then he goes to go up top, and the announcers are wincing in advance of this decision. They're like, how can he possibly think of doing a high-fly right. flow? His knees are going to explode. <laughs> but Okan grabs his face with a claw and pulls him back into the ring, tries for the eliminator, and transitions into an abdominal stretch that they're calling the Cobra Twist, and then an overhead suplex on Tana, which lands like he flips all the way over so that he lands on his face. Yeah. Okan is bleeding from his nose as he puts Tana into a dragon sleeper position and hits like a suplex out of that. Okan then grabs the chair and calls for an eliminator onto it. The the referee, like, there's a lot of time when he could have ran over and kicked it out of the ring, and I don't know why that didn't happen, but (laughs) apparently as long as you're not swinging it, you're allowed to use it in the ring. And then Tanahashi, in pure pure Tanahashi form, God forbid, we get and he goes over, he picks up the chair... And they comment, will he use it? What's he going to do? He thinks long and hard about it, but he's Tanahashi, and he throws it out of the ring, tosses it aside. <laughs> and and literally gets the biggest pop of the match so far. Oh, yeah. Like- <laughs> no, they love it. They love it. Uh, a dragon suplex gets a near fall from Hiroshi Tanahashi. He then goes to the top rope, hits the high fly flow, and goes back up top and hits a second one for the one, two, three, your winner, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, they mention it later on when during the Kota Ibushi match with about like how few people win their first dome matches. Specifically, they're talking about the main event that Kota Ibushi would be like the first main eventer to ever right. win in this first. But, you know, 
being that Okan is so new and coming back, I didn't necessarily take this loss to Tanahashi as like a death knell or like a terrible thing for his character here. It's just no, with you, the over-the-top yeah. English announcing that it made it feel a little bit worse, I think. Well, yeah, the English, you know, just putting Tanahashi in his deathbed throughout the match didn't help matters a lot. But no, that's what's a great thing about New Japan and the way they do their booking is that, you know, there, it's not a huge surprise that he would lose this match to Tanahashi. And yeah. this is the kind of thing that, like, you build on and you get better and you come back stronger is kind of the way they do things, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you're young and inexperienced. You're not expected to win these matches. There's never really been someone outside of Okada who's come back and has been inserted in the main event yeah. and has, you know, run roughshod on the company. So, um, no, this is how this goes, you know? It, the fact that he's in a match at Wrestle Kingdom with Tanahashi... I think says a lot about his future. It is interesting, though, the way that the year has gone for Tanahashi and the way he's fallen down the card a little bit. Uh, Afterwards, it felt like the crowd wasn't like they were happy, but they weren't like, you know, the past in the past Tanahashi winning a match at Wrestle Kingdom happy. Um, It just felt like a little bit. It was kind of subdued as he was making his way to the back. Well, even more in the doom and gloom commentary that I'm thinking about was Rocky. God, he's like talking about the guy like it's an obituary at one point. He's like, <laughs> ah, man, it's just, it's hard to see the ace like this and to yeah. to think that he might not be the ace. It's like, shut up. <laughs> like he's having, you know, you guys are just a bit too much, I felt like. Well, so the, the, they leave the ringside here. And now we're going on to, quote, the main event section of the show because now we have videos promoting the feuds. Well, and... Nothing against everybody else, but it is a completely different show yes. in these last two matches. I mean, yeah. it is night and day. Like <laughs> that was the good. That was a nice warm up. But these two matches are incredible. Yeah. So this video starts off with the Commonwealth King, as we see past highlights of Okada and well, Osprey hugging after the matches. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Osprey doing his best Taron Edgerton from Kingsman impersonation. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, and then we get this year's highlights. We see Osprey saying that he used Okada to get world famous, and B says that you know he doesn't have to live under Okada's shadow anymore, and all that stuff. And Okada says a whole bunch of stuff, but there's no English subtitles, and they don't care for us for these videos, so we don't know what he says. I would, I would imagine it was uh, a very generic babyface type of stuff, and uh, something about respecting Will and loving Will, and. Not being happy that they have to have this fight would be my guess. Probably. That sounds that sounds about right. So, yeah. Will also <laughs> says once he's done with Okada, he won't be happy. He wants more gold. So, attention New Japan. He wants to be in line for the title. Well, probably should have won this match. Uh, match number six <laughs> yes. is the Empire, represented by Will Ospreay and his uh, valet, B. Priestley, the stardom champion. I don't remember what it kind of, they have weird belt names. I don't yeah. remember what. She's like the Ocean saying. Princess champion or something. <laughs> oh, you're going to get shit for that one. Yeah, no, you're right. That's, it is something along those lines, probably. Um, it's Will Ospreay taking on Kazuchika Okada. Yeah. And it's a story that, I mean, I guess they've probably, like, they've moved on from it. And because Tanahashi's going to be in a retirement home next week, it won't probably happen. But if you're Okada, I've always thought it's, I've always found it odd that it's like, you're the ace but they've never let you be called the You're ace. You're not branded the ace, yeah. Like, you, you know, since Wrestle Kingdom, was that 10? 9, 10? So, yeah, been, that, yeah, about five years. 2015, he's been the 2014, ace. yeah. You know, like, 
he's been the ace since mm-hmm. he overcame the odds and beat Tanahashi and has gone on to be the face of the company since then. But he's never been allowed to be that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just that's an, an, an interesting angle that. Well, it's just I think. Because they went and, and labeled, you know, in, in branding, one 100 ace and all that stuff, once in the century talent, his, Tanahashi. His, his theme song literally says, go ace. Yes, exactly. Go ace. <laughs> like, okay. So I think like, maybe the term ace isn't the, the word to use for your top dog anymore for this company, I guess. Maybe you got to yeah. come up with something else. But That's fair. But yeah, we, so, yeah. We, yeah we, get, <laughs> we get another intro video here because Will Ospreay is going to have a fancy entrance. Which, yeah, explain this video to me. I he, it went Will, over my head. Will and B are watching New Japan on a stack of about six small televisions. <laughs> yes, they're poor apparently, and they get their TVs from Goodwill. Okada wins. Osprey takes a bat to the TV in the middle. It doesn't break okay. the other ones, but the middle one still kind of works. And then B and Will come out with their respective titles as we come out to the entrance. I didn't really understand the video That's, either. That, okay, good. I didn't miss anything then, because I was like, I don't get it. I He lost, he broke the TV, and then like, they seemed happy about it. The, there was a stack of TVs that I was I was curious if, like, if I counted the TVs, would it equal the members of Chaos? Because it was the biggest TV <laughs> in the center that he broke, mm-hmm. so maybe that's something to do with that. But it wouldn't make sense for him to try to take over Chaos. He's got the Empire now, so, yeah. yeah who, who wants the Chaos losers, anyway? <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it amazed me that Okada is only 32 years old. Like, when they say that, it's like, mm-hmm. my God. Yep. This dude has 10 years left on top. Yeah. At, at least. Yeah, it's just, pretty much. This is why it's hard in a, the wrestling world the way it is. It's, I don't know that it'll happen. It's hard to imagine he never leaves. Yeah, I didn't think about because that. Because it's like, you're 32. Like, I just, I, I don't know. It's a different mindset, probably. But wouldn't you get a little fucking bored at some point Tony, you know like just it's people like you that are the reason that pierre lutubois is trying to leave the columbus hockey franchise after all these <laughs> other guys have tried to leave god damn it no no you're right it is it's just, just understandable you might want to see like, a different thing see if yeah. there's a different challenge somewhere else i mean that you can uh, complete because honestly he has conquered literally everything that he can conquer in New Japan already and he's 32 years old everything and he's already the like Pushing out the door like old man at this point to Kota Ibushi. Like, well, yeah, because that's what like when they discuss his age, it's because they're like scolding Rocky for acting like Okada's an old man because he's right. <laughs> Kevin Kelly's like he's thirty fucking two. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just you know yeah you're the best. You're going to be remembered as maybe the best, and there's really not a whole lot he can do to improve that at this point. Mm-hmm. I did so. like the touch that. uh Will's big fancy jacket is very Okada-ish in its presentation. I like the fact that he's continuing to kind of, you know, yeah. sap off that Rainmaker image that he's trying to steal away here. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, he also mentions to the ring boy that that's $10,000. Tells him how much that jacket is. Yes. Yeah, $10,000 jacket, apparently. Okada's jacket looks just like last year's, but it's different colors and a slightly different design. So it's spent just as much money as he did last year, I'm guessing. Totally. Um, Kevin Kelly also mentioned, I just love this part of the story, too, like, Okada even mentioned that he would have given his blessing to Will if he wanted to go start a group, if he had just asked. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, well. Yeah. And Charlton says Okada went crazy after losing the title last year or going insane, throwing balloons around, wanting to do the King of Pro Wrestling tournament because apparently it was Okada's idea. Um, and, uh, yeah, Osprey <laughs> began striking Okada to get this match underway, but I just thought that was an uh, interesting element as well. Well, this match you could just tell from the beginning. Because that lockup was 
about as beautiful, most beautiful, like as beautiful a thing as you could see as far as the locker goes. <laughs> like just the intensity these two have, and that yeah. you know they would kind of be on display in the beginning of this match with Okada reluctantly giving a clean break to Will against the ropes, kind of mockingly. Um, Will attacking immediately, you know, after you know after Okada had kind of broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, they exchanged forearms. Osprey attacking Okada in the corner. Okada though catches Will with a back elbow, followed by a splash in the corner, and then a DDT. So Okada looks uh, strong early on here against uh, his former friend Will Osprey. Yeah, and that's right when they were discussing the age thing because Charlton reminds everyone that Tanahashi became the ace officially as far as being branded as the ace at the age of 33, which was in 2009. So, yeah, like you said, 10 more years easily for Okada to be on top here. Tanahashi's been there, so. Exactly. Osprey oh. gets thrown into a barricade outside. Okada then dives over the top and down onto Will. It's good stuff as Okada shouts, Tokyo Downs! And spins around and the... It's fun. Uh, we get a yeah. replay, and then we come back from the replay, and B is talking shit to Okada to distract him. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, Okada with a big boot. Osprey would roll to the outside. Uh, we think it's the big dive. Yeah, like he said. Um, and the announcers go on about how Okada hasn't done that in a long time. Mm-hmm. Or for that fact, the Rainmaker. They also bring up that. Yeah, it's he always keeps like not one of those interesting things about. Year about New Japan wrestling, when a wrestler's just like, I don't want to use that move anymore. I'm going to start doing this. <laughs> yeah. And then you even have like commentators that are like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like You should probably go back to using that thing. So. Yep. Interesting no, story a, there. It's been a story all year long. He's, he keeps wanting to use the money clip to end matches and not wanting yeah. to use the Rainmaker. Yeah, which if you want to know is a lame submission. Yeah, um, Will attacks Okada before he can get back into the ring and hits a baseball slide that sends him off the apron. Osprey then exposes the floor outside the ring. Yeah, which so. finally the announcers don't lie to us. They tell us how, oh, yeah, that's a wooden floor because this is on a stand, so it's easier to see from for the fans instead of being like, oh, that's cement floor. I was like, yeah, that's okay, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Um, but just wait. They're not oh, quite ready for all that just dude. yet. Yeah, they, 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 they threaten things over top of the wood for a little while. They threaten a DDT. They threaten you know a pile driver, but... Yeah, no. Red Shoes is not a fan of B, by the way, after we get a uh, barricade neckbreaker or, you know, onto the barricade and then hit a neckbreaker onto the floor. On the padded floor, I should say. Yeah, no. Red Shoes, he has a great, like, silent comedy aspect to his character that is just wonderful. Like, he gets his hands on his shoulders and, like, tilts his head and he's like, you can tell, like, when he's disappointed or when he's mad about something or, like, with B, he was just she was annoying the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. So Osprey's in control here. He's got chops, stomps, big backbreaker, targets the lower back of Okada for a while, but Okada finally fires up with a big backdrop, and then we get the big replay of that big backdrop. I was like, are we getting backdrop replays? Goodness. Well, it was, it was very impressive. Will went way high up in the air. Uh, a nice flapjack from Okada, and we continue a great back and forth when then Okada hits a cradle neckbreaker for a two count. Yeah, and then it's money clip time. <laughs> the most devastating submission hold in wrestling. Um, Osprey would back Okada into the corner to break the hold. He then hits a springboard clothesline for a two count. Didn't that used to be called something fun? Like the. Oh, some pip pip cheerio or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, pip pip, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, Will then with a German suplex with a bridge gets a two count. Osprey looks for the Stormbreaker. Whew. Much like, God, what match was it earlier? Oh, yeah, poor ELP. Like, Osprey and the Stormbreaker just ain't happening tonight. And yeah. he goes for it a dozen <laughs> times, I swear. Um, yeah, Okada escapes. Okada then catches Osprey up top and delivers heavy rain because every move has a name. It's a suplex out of a fireman's carry. Well, it's an attitude I, adjustment. It's an AA. It's a, it Yeah, you're right. It's a little bit more of a stall. <laughs> I guess that's why I thought it was more like a suplex because he, like, gets him up there and then he kind of, like, held him there. And then, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's an AA. So. But yeah, Kevin both, Kelly says that the tension is thick in the arena. You can feel the energy in here. Okada dropkicks Osprey off the top rope. He falls to the floor. And we're told it's been nine years since Okada returned from excursion and beat Yoshihashi and confronted the ace. So yeah, Yoshihashi's <laughs> been losing in the Dome since 2009. Or I just love that it's Yoshihashi. Like it's, it's like, <laughs> of course it's Yoshihashi. And he's never done anything since. Osprey misses a springboard off of a barricade. Okada hits a big drop kick on the floor, sending him flying across the, the floor area. Kevin Kelly with a line only from the current world. Osprey was looking for that os cutter. Okada was barely able to get out of the way. My plexiglass has come askew. <laughs> My plexiglass has come askew. I just like that it was as come askew. Yes. Like it just, <laughs> I was like, of course, they're like, let's go attack the English commentary team. Like, mm-hmm. Also, uh, New Japan, those guardrails, these guys, 200 pounds plus, are just getting stuck thrown into them. Oh, yeah. And it looks like they were literally going to fall over every time someone ran into them tonight. Like, <laughs> reinforce the guardrails if these guys are going to be flying into them like that. Oh, another shotgun drop kick in ring. Will Counters hits the Cheeky Nando's kick in the corner, the kick to the face where he's bent down in front of the, the uh, turnbuckled yeah. pad. Uh, then a reverse bloody Sunday for a two count. We get a brutal pair of kicks to the head of Okada, one to the front, one to the back. He wants Stormbreaker, but like you said, Okada... Sees it coming, counters out, hits a drop kick. Osprey, though, right back with a kick. He catches a drop kick into a power bomb, but Okada kicks out at two. We're, no, we're told 20 minutes have passed. They end up outside again. Okada blocks the power bomb on the wooden floor. Then Will counters out of a tombstone, stands on the timekeeper's table, and then holy fucking shit, he lifts Okada in the air, puts him through the table at ringside, when he goes like sideways with a, a suplex there, and it is impressive. It was wild. Like I could, it was almost like a falcon arrow of sorts. Yeah, it took a lot of strength, which was certainly impressive from on Osprey's part. Uh, yeah, the fall was ugly. It's those Japanese tables, so you know they're, they're yeah. like families eat on at home. Like, well, yeah, and it's also it's very clear that they never like none of the like Okada never goes and talks to the people that build the ringside area and says, hey. Let's take the metal off this specific table so that right. way I can go through it later. Because yeah. every time, like, there's the metal pieces are so strong that it's like you can't even break the damn thing. It just, like, <laughs> bends awkwardly and then tears into the guy's back. Yeah, exactly. So um, the ref, Red Shoes, like, I don't give a fuck. Starts counting. Like, <laughs> you two better get your, get your stuff together and get in here. Yeah. Um, Osprey drags Okada back to the to ringside. Again, it's that, I know I'm an American wrestling fan. I just don't get it. The heel and face stuff sometimes, it's just so, like, 
You know, because Osprey could have just ran to the ring and slid inside and won by countout. Yeah. But he drags Okada back to the ring. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's honorable. It's the right thing to do. Kind I just of. don't know why it's the thing that he would do. Yeah. I guess when I, when we then go to him wanting a top rope hidden blade right away, I was thinking it was just him wanting to more damage him to be able to get that, you know, dominant sure. win or whatever. But yeah. You're not, You're not wrong. wrong. It, does, it, it comes off a little bit sportsmanship uh, shipish here to, to bring him back in. Right. So, you know, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, he rolls Okada into the ring, and the crowd loves it, which, again, is yeah. part, part of my problem. <laughs> uh, Osprey hits a top rope forearm to the back of Okada's head, but only gets a near fall. And then he just power bombs Okada like he's <sighs> at an indie show, Dude. you know, working with some kid he doesn't like. <laughs> that was a brutal power like. That was like, you know, you know, we watched Kevin Nash powerbombing the X Division. That was what that felt right. like. <laughs> it's just like, wow, okay. It's just, you know, the most important guy in the company. <laughs> sure, it's fine. Uh, Osprey then kicks Okada out of the ring. He looks for the Stormbreaker on the apron, which would be brutal. Yeah. Okada, though, manages to escape. Will then attempts a cutter instead, the Oz cutter. Okada, though, catches Osprey and delivers a tombstone on the apron, and both men are down on the outside. Oh, and the crowd just erupts into applause. Like, it is, it's a great spot on the outside there. That was very, you know, ten, the high, high tension moment there. Oh, yeah. And amazing. a good finish. Uh, Rocky says he doesn't like how dangerous this is getting. Red Shoes is up to 14 as Okada gets up and gets into the ring. Will gets to his feet by 18, but Okada pulls him straight into a short-arm clothesline. Will blocks a second try with kicks. He ends up running into the Okada hang drop on, kick. Hang on. What? You're just gonna call a rainmaker a short arm close because you have to spin one or the other person. <laughs> it is not a rainmaker until you do. Oh, so. it's not. Oh, okay. not in my opinion. But they, well, uh, Kevin Kelly, keeps calling them rainmakers. But okay, got you. That's why I was confused. <laughs> okay, got you. So yeah, it, yeah, basically a rainmaker. Uh, but yeah, ends up running into the Okada dropkick. Okada locks on the money clip, like you said, middle of the ring. Then lets go of it to hit the That's Incredible on Okada, right back into the money clip. And B is shouting for him to get out of it. She gets on the apron, and Okada throws Will into her, knocking her from the apron, and again locks on a third money clip. And we're told if he doesn't quit, he's going to have to tap out. Uh, but Osprey gets to the rope, and we get big applause for him getting to the rope, way more than I expected, and both men are down. So what I mean, like, Will is another one, dude. Like, they went the heel route. Yeah. Oh, they want him to be a baby face. <laughs> all, all they want to do is cheer for Will Ospreay, man. But it's not the time. Um, so, yeah. So, Ospreay fights back. Okada is unfazed. He's gone into his, like, demon Ibushi mode here. Um, Okada with a slam. And then he goes to the top rope looking for the elbow drop. Ospreay crawls over, pulls himself up. And Okada delivers a big elbow shots to Will. Osprey fights back, climbs to the top rope along with Okada now. Okada would push Will down, but he came right back up and delivered a big running boot to the face of Okada. Um, both men now on the top rope again as Osprey hits a perfect Spanish fly, mm -hmm. but only manages a two count as Okada kicks out. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's good stuff. Ozcutter blocked, mm -hmm. money clip escaped, roaring elbow from Osprey, then hits the Ozcutter. Can't cover right away. Okada's able to kick out of two. And then some mean stomps to the face of Okada. 
He won't stop. He shoves Red Shoes down, keeps stomping his face. Well, that's what it was like. That's what I had here, like earlier when I talked about like the ref that just like gave him side. Yeah. Like he's not happy. He's very <laughs> mad, but he does nothing to punish him. No, we get an elbow to the back of the head by Osprey. He calls for the hidden blade, but this time to the front. And Okada with a desperation drop kick gets the counter. Another drop kick to counter an Oz cutter. Spinning Lariat by Okada, which they call like the single, like he says Rainmaker, I think Rocky does. Um, and then locks on the money clip yet again. Osprey with a tombstone does the Okada Rainmaker pose and hits the Rainmaker on Okada, but somehow Okada is able to kick out a two. Yeah. Okada then escape another Stormbreaker attempt and hits the sit out tombstone this time, followed by the Rainmaker. For the one, two, three, your winner, Kazushika Okada. Yeah, it only took 35 minutes have passed, 35 minutes have passed to finally get Okada to go, okay, I'll do a Rainmaker then. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, Okada as uh, words for Osprey after the match, not like on microphone, but just speaks yeah. to him while he's down. Dude, this was a, I thought this match was fucking amazing. Like this. Oh, yeah was incredible they put they went out all out out there um the moments outside of the ring reminded me a lot of okada uh kenny omega like Mm -hmm. them dealing with the tables and such outside i thought that was really well done and okada just continues to prove that i think he's the best wrestler this company has like i like a lot of the other wrestlers i fucking love kota bushi and i think at some points he can put on a better match but overall okada is like the best wrestler in the world (laughs) oh no absolutely i mean he is yeah, hands down, perhaps, probably the best. And it doesn't hurt either that, you know, Will Ospreay is absolutely at the top of his game and oh, is yeah. seemingly getting better every time he's out there. And now that he's in this position, uh, you know, sky is really the limit, it seems like, at this point for him. So, Oh, yeah. You know, Rocky, it'll be interesting, interesting to see where things go from here. Rocky Romero says his heart is heavy after that match. It was too emotional. He says he wants to be happy, but he can't feel happy. He misses that kid, that kid Will Ospreay. Yeah, too bad, Rocky. Um, yeah, he was shocked he went to that level. Yeah, so it's main event video time. Uh, it is completely in Japanese. Is neither one of these men speak English to cut a promo? <laughs> yes. So not exactly sure exactly what is said between these two men. Um, but you know, it's been a long road for Ibushi. You know, falling short last year, and you know, overcoming everything and winning the G1 as he did beating Sonata in the process. And, you know, Tetsuya Naito for whatever reason, like, you know, he had quite a year too. Like, I feel like they don't, like he Mm -hmm. doesn't really focus a whole lot on like his evil stuff. And like, I'm curious how much the company like sees that evil attempt thing as a failure, because it seems like they completely ignored it completely. It's like, that was like you said, a big part of the year that led Naito to being here, but okay. Yeah, Naito kind of... If you just you know, watch this video, and maybe they say it in Japanese and we just missed it, but watching right. the video, you would just think that he won the championship and has been champion the entire year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they don't highlight much of what he's done over the course of the year, no. unfortunately, which kind of was a sign of things to come, I felt like, with this video. Uh, yeah, so that takes us to our main event of the evening. Yeah, New Year, New World. Was the English text on the screen at the end of the video? I don't, I don't know. Match number seven. It's our main event: IWGP Heavyweight Championship, IWGP Intercontinental Championship match. It's Kota Ibushi, the challenger, 
uh, out of the kindness of Tetsuya Naito's heart because he lost his ability to challenge already for this match, uh, but it is double champion Tetsuya Naito. Which, I mean, I I think there's a story they're telling there about mm-hmm. some level of respect between these two and a lot of... But why? Again, I know, I think it's the Japanese spirit, whatever the words are that they use mm-hmm. about... Because it's like, Naito, of all people, should have laughed in the face <laughs> of Kota Ibushi yeah. when he asked for a title shot that he didn't earn or deserve at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that just... Based on the character of Naito and Lij and all that they seem, everybody's too damn nice in this company. Sometimes, well, it just feels like there's a little too much pride and yeah. a little too much like you know respect going on. And listen, it just I don't know. It's throughout this card tonight, it's all these well, like heel ma- heel matchups or heels getting cheered for mm-hmm. doing baby faces things. It's just. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a dumbass. Well, Naito also, though, like the second half of 2020 has kind of transitioned from being the like disrespectful heel or whatever to being just wise old Naito who is like potentially retiring soon, potentially not. And he's another one, especially last year. Yeah. Going into that, you know, the double Mm -hmm. gold dash. They talked about him like they talk about Tanahashi this year, pretty much. Like, yeah. And is it Naito? Years younger than Tanahashi, I, I think so. Yeah, I think I think like yeah, at least four or five or yeah, six maybe. Like I always kind of think of Naito and Okada as contemporaries. Yes, yeah, that's kind of where I was at too. But I don't know. But um, yeah, he's another one that they're always talking about how broken he is and that he's yeah done. He's off to pasture, you know. Like. <laughs> uh, so Kota comes out first again, like last year. Nothing special about his gear. Nothing interesting about his <laughs> no. entry. I was like, I don't know if this is like a tribute to Shibata or what. Like, you'd think a man that's so creative in the ring and has <laughs> such a touch for the theatrical in ring that he would have some idea to do for an entryway at a Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. But every year it's the exact same. Even when he took on fucking uh, Nakamura with Nakamura's fucking fancy crown and badass entry, it was just oh, Kota yeah. Ibushi coming to the ring, and here he is again. I think that's just part of his deal. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's an all. I wear my trunks. Kind of. I don't have entry gear. I just walk to yeah. the ring. <laughs> I, I think it's just it's kind of an I you know he does it all in the ring kind of a situation. I guess. So. Yeah, I can but see that. You're not wrong. Now, a man that does know how to make an entrance. <laughs> a is slow Tetsuya one. Naito. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a. Uh, I damn. It, I reference this movie. You've never watched it. You'll never watch it. But I. It makes me think a little bit of in Mystery Alaska. When the New York Rangers are coming up to play them on the pond and it's freezing cold. And so to try to get an advantage and ice out the Rangers players, they have little Richard sing the national anthem and America the Beautiful very slowly. Like as slowly as possible to the point where like the Rangers players are like noticeably like shifting and shaking a little bit. And the directors are like, get those Rangers off camera. They look miserable out there. But like, just makes it, that's, you know, Naito, it's the. You know, you're it's the head games. You're gonna wait yeah. for me. You know, this is at my pace. You know, I will. Di- I'm gonna dictate the terms here. I'm the champion mm-hmm. um, now. As a fan, and especially as we talked about earlier, on a night where I feel like we've watched an hour's worth of these yeah. guys walking to the ring, I was like, "Come on, let's go, Naito!" Like, because not only <laughs> does he take his time walking to the ring, uh, he probably takes just as much time removing yes. his yakuza suit. Yeah. Yep. 
And dude, Chris Charlton, like, poor timing on this one. Because, like, he's introducing, like, as they're, you know, Kota Bushi's gotten into the ring and they're kind of transitioning into here comes the entrance of Naito. And he's talking about how, you know, for Naito, going up against Ibushi is a match where he's going to have to have some urgency to try to get the win, to try to get that victory. And literally, right as he's saying that, we watch Naito inching his way down the <laughs> stairs. And, and Kevin Kelly, a great line, says, all the urgency at the pace of Tranquilo. <laughs> Because like you said, dude, he takes potentially longer than Undertaker has ever taken making his way oh. to the ring. I mean, I get it. You know, I don't mind it. Like I said, I like it. It makes sense from a psychology <laughs> standpoint and all, but Jesus. Especially when it's the main event of a near five-hour show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of, you know, you can tell that this is a, a very anticipated match. The crowd, you know, there's there's tension in the room. Abushi's just standing there, you know, they call him coiled like a spring, I think Chris Charlton said. Um, as they point out that Naito looks rather relaxed at the start of this. Uh, lots of applause for the ring bell to start, and they just kind of they take their time before they really get going. Yeah, well, that's, you know, it's just what's so perfect about Naito. You know, he doesn't, mm-hmm. nothing gets him down, you know, never too high, never too low. Like, no matter how big the match or the situation is, he's even keel, you know? Yeah. So, Absolutely. one of the cool things about his character, Ibushi, on the other hand, has a bit of a, you know, an anger issue. Uh, <laughs> Naito yeah. early on looking for the advantage, go behind and drop down into a knee bar, displaying perhaps his uh, technical prowess advantage here against the younger Kota Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ibushi fights free, but is then caught in a rear naked choke. So again, you know it's the the snake tightening his hold as you know the his opponent tries to you know get away. Uh, they fight for position, continues between these two men. Naito eventually has a full Nelson and he like totally like amateur wrestles it into a yeah. pin. Um, so impressive stuff here from Naito and this, which is- again, I feel like they, they, <laughs> they just don't, there's a nice way to say things that the English commentators don't necessarily know the nice way to say it. Cause all this is happening and it's like, Oh, this is great. You know, like it looks like Zack Sabre jr. Out there. Yeah. No, instead the angle is he's too old to do and too broken to do what he used to do. So he's adopted this move set now yeah. that's more mat based. And I'm just well, like, okay. They, and it was similar to when, like, because the, they, they call back to the G1. They say this is the style yes, he, he used did throughout the G1, the G1 yeah. to, con- yeah. you know, to try to get through that tournament. And they were talking about, you know, well, that's a good way to extend yourself for the G1. Right. But yeah, but here, you know, you've only got one match. But like you said, they're kind of calling him a little bit older. But also, it's like during the G one, there was it was very open that all of his matches were the longest of every night, and that like he right. and by the end right. of the week he was you know he had reached the the longest time anyone's ever been in the ring for a G one in total. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. but when you're telling me that that's the goal, it just seems odd that like that night is going that slow for that reason. Like it, if any other reason makes sense, but. Also, couldn't you explain it as, you know, this is the last way Ibushi wants to have a match. Yeah. You know, so he's keeping things on the mat. He's slowing the pace down. He's limiting, you know, the big move potential that Ibushi has. Uh-huh. No, you're but, right. You know. Ibushi, though, is able to shove him off, hits the Hurricane Rana, but, he roll, but Naito rolls out. Uh, then Naito gets Ibushi hanging off the apron, but Ibushi basically skins the cat over the shoulder of Naito, flipping like backwards. They go back and forth, but Naito's able to hit a German overhead suplex that leaves Abushi flipped inside out, landing on his stomach on the floor. It is insane. Yeah, not good. Not good. Yeah, he takes a nasty <laughs> spill there on the entrance. 
Um, Ibushi beats the count, and Naito is waiting for him patiently sitting in the ring. He stomps away at Ibushi as he slides in and applies the figure four headlock, legs around the head. Uh, that's not, of course, the end. Naito slams Ibushi in the corner and hits back elbow shots. Naito then with a reverse DDT and gets a two count. Kota, though, blocks a tornado DDT attempt and delivers a drop kick. Yes. Yeah, Rocky is, like, barely talking in this match. I don't know where he went for this. Like, I mean, I guess Chris Charlton has a lot to say about Kota Ibushi, like oh, you've been refer- yes. referencing throughout this entire show. But <laughs> yes, he but, does. But Rocky just, like, disappears for this match, I feel like. Like, he talked a lot in that last one, and then he's just not here. Well, is he... And again, it's like the level of selling sometimes with the Japanese, with New Japan is like to the extreme. Like, is he being somber about the Okada oh, and Will match? Like, it's really <laughs> drained him emotionally. Or, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe because he was sure selling the hell out of all that, or he just went to the back because he's can't stand to listen to Charlton anymore. So- I always wonder how real the heat is between Rocky and Charlton. Because there are times when it's like, I would imagine as someone in Rocky's position, mm-hmm. you would just be about done listening Chris to him. Charlton. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. So Naito hits a neck breaker off the apron. They get back in the ring, hits another neck breaker, and begins using his legs to clamp Ibushi's arms behind his back again in that full Nelson position. We get a rope break to get free, and Ibushi has nothing behind his strikes. Naito wants right. the Gloria, but Ibushi blocks, hits the German suplex. Naito goes for the low drop kick, but Ibushi sees it coming and hits the double stomp to the chest, and we learn that 15 minutes have passed. <laughs> yeah, Ibushi, who's had how many 60-minute near matches? He's dead <laughs> after 15. He's got nothing yes. left here. Um, yeah. yeah, the time is flying by, as the commentators would um, would mention. What is this uh, move that they're, that that he's Chris keeps calling it? Permabanker? Naito counters a moonsault from Bushi, locks his legs around Bushi's neck again, and they say something about he's going for like a specific hold, and he's like okay. Pamabanka, Pamabanka. I was like, I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, I don't remember because it was something that he because he used to do was, it or something like it was like yeah. an old move of his or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. So yeah, Bushi avoids a drop kick um, from Naito, and in midair, kind of re- reverses and hits a double stomp. Both men are slow to their feet. Uh, Naito would get a boot up at a charging Ibushi in the corner. Naito ran out and was caught at power slam by Ibushi, who would then go for a moonsault, but then that's when he caught him in the submission hold that you were talking about. Um, Ibushi throws forearms with little effect still at this point, you know, not mm-hmm. getting much better. Naito has wrist control and hits repeated back elbows, softening Ibushi up for the Destino. Um, he hits a pump handle side slam. He gets a two count. Naito and Ibushi then fight Gloria, on the top that that rope. Was? What's that? Was that the Gloria that they called it? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, you think like, they say these moves sometimes before you've seen them, you're like, oh, I wonder what that is. And then they do it, and you're like, yeah, that was on No Mercy, you know, WrestleMania 2000 for the 64. It was, it's been around for a while. Um, yeah, Ibushi is looking for something. on. Oh, yeah, so they're fighting on the top rope. Ibushi slips underneath Naito and hits a backflip kick which I appreciate the commentary team talking about how unnecessary a yeah. backflip kick is because it is dumb. <laughs> like, <what are> you <laughs> it's not, especially in that you know, situation. Like, Naito fell, but I'm not sure if he should have. Yeah. Um, Ibushi's then looking for something on the apron. Naito, though, backdrops Ibushi onto the apron, kind of over the ropes and on the apron. 
Um, Naito then caught him with a back elbow. Ibushi, though, comes back with a hurricanrana off the apron. <sighs> wow. Dude, it's amazing. Bro. Like, when they do the replay in the slow-mo and you just see that, like, he had to basically just jump up and go up upside down and wait yeah. for Naito to be there. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it was insane. No, it was wild. It's a clip that, you know, by now you've probably seen it a few times. It's uh, absolutely amazing. Great stuff there from Ibushi. So, and both men are clearly down for a while on the outside. Yeah, and the announcers worry about the knee of Naito as he landed on the floor and begins grabbing at it. We get to 19 before Naito is able to get back in. Abushi immediately begins stomping Naito. He grabs him from the second rope and deadlifts him up, but Naito counters the, uh, you know, suplex into the ring. Right. I just love that Abushi's the kind of wrestler where, like, the commentators often are, like, worried about things he's, he might yes. do in a wrestling yes. match. <laughs> yeah. <it's> just, <laughs> Kevin Kelly is just, after this, this counter, he's so worried that he's going to go back, that Abushi's going to be thrown out of yep. the ring. He's begging for Abushi to just fall backwards into the ring. And when Naito <laughs> gives up and just goes into the ring to do whatever they're going to do, he's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Well, thank God indeed. Uh, Naito fights back, hits the super poison Rana, uh, but only gets a two count. Ibushi fires back with back-to-back kicks to the head. A Destino from Naito only manages a near fall. Yeah. Ibushi's able to counter the second Destino, hits the double leg under <laughs> pile driver thingy. Uh, both men are down. The crowd is clapping like crazy. And I was like, it's just kind of a bummer, because if you put, like, a little bit more people in, like, or taking all these people and put them into a smaller arena, this would sound so much louder. But because oh, it's yeah. such a tall building, that claps don't really feel like it's a whole lot. Sometimes it sounds like a bit of a golf clap when it first gets going. It's like, oh, come on, guys. But yeah, nothing you can do about it. Uh, both no. men get to their knees, begin delivering strikes back and forth, and they're smiling in between each shot. The announcers just go quiet as the crowd claps along with the strikes as they get to their feet. Abushi hits the last ride powerbomb, rolls straight into the Kamagoye, and somehow Naito fucking kicks out. I thought that was the end of the match right there, but Naito kicked out. Abushi looks shocked. Uh, he shouts he needs two of them. Abushi then points to the sky, climbs the corner, misses a Phoenix splash, and Naito comes right back with a Destino. Again, Abushi kicks out at two. Both men are down. Crowd, again, losing their minds. Yeah, that's another thing I didn't love, though. You know, it's like another usual thing with the New Japan style is Koda doing things like this would be his downfall and should be his downfall. Mm-hmm. Like missing the Phoenix Splash. Like, yeah, but yeah, not this time. You that The story before has been when he's done that kind of stuff, like he's lost and then that's bad. And they don't really talk about it here. Um, another Destino from Naito. Another two count. Uh, Naito now with some vicious back elbow shots. Ibushi is able to avoid a suplex and it's a kick to the head. Kamagoye from Ibushi only gets another near fall. And this, Ibushi, yeah. this near fall was the first time that the crowd just, they couldn't handle it anymore. They had to vocalize the, <laughs> their reaction. Here we go! Yeah, there you go. Another one. That's what he has to do. Um, yes. <laughs> comic, yeah, so Ibushi drags Naito up and got an Enziguri from him, followed by the Brain Buster. But Ibushi manages to block a Destino attempt from 
uh, Naito. He delivers the V trigger. <laughs> You're right. It's just a brain buster. It's Valencia. Valencia. He hit Valencia. Right, Valencia. I was like, I was like oh, okay. Well, it sounds like a fancy move, but yeah, it just looks like a side brain buster. But right, Abushi <laughs> blocks the Destino, delivers the V trigger, follows it up with another Kamigoye for the one, two, three. Your winner and new double champion, the Golden Star, Kota Ibushi. Yes. I mean, what a hell of a match. Like, again, similar to that last match, this one ended, and I was just like, holy shit. Like, these guys just oh, yeah. went the fuck. They went all, They went nuts. It was good stuff. No, absolutely amazing match. Um, you know, arguably two of the best in the world at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly on display here. <clears throat> Kota Ibushi, for, you know, for, <clears throat> for a large part, seems like this is something that, you know, should have happened years ago. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's nice to see him finally take his place atop New Japan and, uh, and if, see where things go from here. If you want to listen to 20 minutes of Chris Charlton just gushing over, uh, <laughs> oh. over Kota Ibushi, tune in uh. right after the pinfall and just hang out there for about 20 minutes while we watch Kota Ibushi laying out cold, I guess, um, <laughs> as Charlton's hearkening back to the days of Ibushi's youth as a teenager wrestling on the beaches. And uh, taking a train to Tokyo to train for wrestle, saying it was all for just one match. He just wanted to see if he could do it. Uh, yeah, good stuff. I mean, you know, it's yeah. great that he fills it in, but it is, like you said, it's very clear that he is a big fan of Kota Ibushi, and this uh, is, like, well, his personal him, favorite. Him and his buddy went to his house for a documentary years yeah. ago, and just, but even just throughout the match, he just, sometimes I'm like, is Kevin going to get a word in otherwise? I mean, that would be like <laughs> minutes of action, and he's just going on and on and on. Uh, yep. And he doesn't seem to do it about anybody else. It's like, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. It's very Ibushi focused when it comes to Chris Charlton, that's for sure. So I guess this all works out for him. So yeah, Ibushi doesn't realize he had won. He tries covering Naito. The announcer says, don't you hear fucking music? Um, but Ibushi smiles. He gets his hand raised. Naito shoves Ibushi out of the way from getting the belts. And then takes the belts from Red Shoes and presents them to Naito. The announcers all lose their minds about how great of a, a moment this is. Naito raises the hand of Ibushi and gives him one last glance before leaving the ring. Kevin Kelly says, this is why he got into the business. This is why we do it. Chris Charlton talks about he and Damian Abraham doing a documentary. Yeah, like yeah, you said. Uh, he lives in a small apartment still outside of Tokyo, way outside of Tokyo. And Like, I'm sorry. Why, why Kota Ibushi is one of those people where it's like, all of his little weird quirks are somehow his like best attributes. Like people like <laughs> list his like att- att- you know achievements and like his best qualities and his things like that. He lives in a little house and he you know he doesn't have a car. Like I'm just like okay. Like I don't know. Are these accomplishments or are these just things you know about him? Abushi holds the belts high, but here comes someone to spoil the party. Jay White and Gato make their way to ringside. Jay gets the microphone, hops into the ring, congratulates Ibushi. Says they're probably quite sore after that battle, but we all know. Everyone here knows. I know you know. You're not the real champion. He says, enjoy it for tonight, and then has this. You say you're going to become God. No, no, no. Tomorrow I'm going to expose you for the fraud that you are. Every time that you are about to reach the heights that you so desperately aim for. I will always 
I promise you I will always be there to pull you back down. But tomorrow you still have a vital role. A vital, vital role. When you help me fulfill my destiny when I become God. When I become IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion. Ibushi. Tomorrow you will breathe with the switchblade in my new Golf claps. <laughs> I don't know. What'd you think of this promo? No, I thought the promo was good. It's just weird, you know. It's when you split your WrestleMania up into two nights, like yes, having a promo about. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's like all the talking kind of should be done at this point, but well, because of the way things work out, it's you know. When they split it into two, I thought, okay, well, one night will be one title, the other night will be another. Right. Title. But when you just right. have two title matches in a row, then it tr- turns into this. You could eventually end up with multiple one-day, twenty-four-hour yeah. champions that you know won it on the first night and lost it away the next night. It's one of those. What another thing that bothers me about it is there's no champions' advantage. Yeah. To the. The, the, new, the new way they're doing things, like, yeah. all right, you're gonna defend your belt, and then you're gonna defend your belt again the next night. It's like the very oh, next night. How is that any like? It's like WrestleMania 10 when Yokozuna, by no fault of his own, had to fight Bret Hart and Lex Luger. Yeah. No, you it know? doesn't I make mean, a lot of sense. <laughs> why? You know? Why would you say? So yeah, I don't know. In the future, it'd be better to have a situation where people are fighting to earn a title shot the following night. You know. Yeah. Yeah, the or like title you said, holder is the one that is waiting for the next night. Yeah, yeah. Or like you, you said, you have maybe something else main eventing one night, mm-hmm. and then the heavyweight title the next night or something. Yeah, I just I, I think it would really. I mean, after watching this again the second year in a row that they have two nights, I think I haven't watched night two. Maybe it'll blow me away, but I feel like we just need to move this back to one night. Right. Um, Abushi. Gets right in his face, and Jay says, tomorrow you'll breathe with the switchblade. Jay then leaves. Ibushi responds, saying, tomorrow night, I'll see you in that red corner. You're finished tomorrow. Yep. Not, nothing real hey. exciting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Naito, and uh, thanks the fans, and says he will become God tomorrow night. Yeah, he will never leave you or lose you. He'll become God, mm-hmm. yeah. His yeah. music plays again, and Rocky says, tonight's a happy night. We should celebrate our new champion, double champion, Kota Ibushi. And I was like, are you like su- suggesting that Kota Ibushi goes out for drinks tonight and celebrates, or just the fans should celebrate? Hey, you know, everybody celebrate. I guess. Kevin says the Bible tells him that good beats evil, so tomorrow night he knows Kota Ibushi's going to win and stand tall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With that kind of logic, I suppose. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, we get some fireworks. Kota takes a long time walking to the back, kind of soaking it all in smiling to the crowd and the crowd kind of, you know, reacting with him going to the back and then the show's over. And the, it's funny, right before I turned it off, Kevin Kelly asked Chris Charlton, he goes, are we going to get backstage comments that you need to be here to translate? And he, Chris Charlton's like, I don't know. I'm going to have to just fly by the seat of my pants. And so <laughs> I just like grabbed my little scrubber thing and like glanced at the, what the picture was for the rest of the thing. And I didn't see them ever cut backstage. So I was like, all right, I'm done. 
and I just left. Now, I don't know if that stuff's like on social now only because that's I think as soon as the shows were over both nights, like boom, like all those press conferences were okay. Like as soon as the matches were over, those press conferences were happening. Oh wow! So okay. So I don't know if those are just going on to social and they're not on part of the show because yeah, there was all kinds of press conferences. Doki was very upset about (laughs) uh, you know those guys losing those tag belts and blamed himself. So there you go. All right, so now for our second opinion section, Tony, we always check out Dave Meltzer's star ratings. He's given his star ratings to this week's, or this night one, and he does have one for night two as well, but I didn't check those yet. Um, For night one, New Japan Rambo, what'd you give it? Half a star. I have .75 stars for my personal rating, so right there with you, Uh, but Dave Meltzer gave it 1.75 stars. I mean... We all know that joke. Yeah. Dangerous Techers versus the Gorillas of Destiny. I loved... Wait a second. You forgot the uh, New might, Japan. These might be out of order. Oh. Well, I got to scroll a lot to find... I'm which sorry. one is it? The tag... You want He's... the Hiromu Takahashi versus El Phantasma yeah. match? Okay. Yeah. Let's go there next. All right. I gave that match three stars. I was thinking four um, Dave Meltzer also gave it four, so I, I really, I, I really enjoyed that match. I don't know, El Fantasmo as a heel is growing on me. Um, so then is that when we go to the tag match? Then I don't know mm-hmm. why these two are out of order on the page that I was looking at. Dangerous Techers versus Gorillas of Destiny. What'd you give it? I really, really loved this tag match up here. I gave it four stars. Nice, four stars. I had two point seven five. I thought it was good, but again, the ending kind of just spoiled it for me. Uh, Dave Meltzer, three point five stars. So. He's up there with you. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Great Okan. No, Kenna versus so- Satoshi Kojima is next. What'd right. you give it? Uh, another solid matchup here. Great work from both men. I gave it three and a half stars. Close to Dave Meltzer. He gave it 3.75. I was thinking four because I really, really liked that match. Mm-hmm. Kojima just always wins me over when I finally sit down and watch his matches. Um, right. Tanahashi versus Great Okan. What'd you give it? I thought these two men did a great job. Uh, I, I like Great Ocon a good bit, and I gave him three and three-quarter stars. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Right on the money with Dave Meltzer, 3.75 stars. I had three listed, but I, I could be you know tempted to sway it as high as that. That's sure. It's good stuff. Okada versus Osprey. What'd you give it? I thought it was a great match between two of the greatest in the world. Gave it five stars. I'm right there with you. Five stars as well. Dave Meltzer went a little higher. 5.25 stars. Yeah, see, I don't play that game. I know. That's why I was just like, I'm sticking with five as my limit. <laughs> exactly. All right. Our, our main event, Naito versus Kota Ibushi. What'd you give it? Uh, it also got five stars. Yeah, I was right there with you. I thought that, you know, after watching the Okada Osprey match, I was worried that it would completely steal the night and, like, be way better than the main event. But I thought these two came out and put on a fantastic match and were just as good. Uh, I was there yeah, right there no, five I, stars. Dave Meltzer gave it five stars as well. Oh, so that didn't go over. Okay. That I one didn't sure. go over, though. Ah. <laughs> I would have thought be, he would have gave that one I think a you higher got, star. Uh, you might have to be an Okada or an Omega to be able to be allowed past the five-star ranking. I don't know. It's mm, fair. It's we'll fair. See. I can see that. But the users of Cage Match, the IMDb of professional wrestling, have this a 7.92 out of 10, 151 votes already uh, for this one as well. Uh, Puro Resu Lover 
Gave it an 8 out of 10, saying, Great show. Kept me awake for its entirety. Although the first four matches were under four stars, they were all enjoyable in some way. The main event post-match was great, with Jay White coming to the ring, cutting a great promo against Kota Ibushi and making me hype even more for it. I'm excited for the second day that should probably be better than the first one. I also made sure to only look at the reviews that were from 1-4-2021, so these were the uh, um, so all good, good thinking. Zephyr wrote on the same night, uh, he gave it a 3 out of 10. No highlights, lots of mediocrity, absolutely inadequate for the first night of your biggest show of the year, and honestly, a massive disappointment. Well, that guy eats boogers for fun. So, <laughs> Someone who may agree with him, ASM, gave it a 3 out of 10, saying it's a whole lot of nothing. Osprey stable turned incompetent. Juniors take it slow. Main evented by two guys with no emotional levity behind them. A massive bleh, to be honest. I did think Osprey Okada was great, which is a bigger problem because the main event followed it. Hopefully night two will smash it. Jay, if you like pseudo grappling, striking, watch it. But it was the promotion's biggest show of the year, and the lack of stakes is shockingly disappointing. So he didn't like it either, apparently. But another I mean, user like, that didn't do you even like, it. like do you even like wrestling? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like just just don't watch New Japan because you know even like when he describes Naito and Ibushi, like you just. Yeah. You don't have an understanding of the emotion. The yeah, that's true. The- SZ1989, our last review, wrote on the same night, uh, gave it a 9 out of 10, saying, This is a very good show. Ignore the troll ratings. It's not a perfect show by any means, but solid matches from top to bottom. The most disappointing match was probably Tanahashi versus Okan. Everything else was probably 3.75 stars or better. Right. More disappointing than like the Rambo Rumble. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's also curious how many people, always, because it is pre-show, true. count yeah, that true. as part of the night. But yeah, yeah so that is our thoughts on night one of Wrestle Kingdom, January 4th, 2021. I'm hoping next year it goes back to one night. But next week, Tony, we're going to stick around with Wrestle Kingdom in the current world and check out night two at the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, that's right. We're going to, uh, you know, we'll see uh, Hiromu Takahashi challenge Taiji Ichimori for the New oh, Japan yeah. Junior Heavyweight title. Uh, we're going to get some uh, main event action. You know, Jay White challenging Kota Ibushi mm-hmm. for the world titles. Uh, the one I'm looking forward to the most is the never open weight title with Shingo Takagi. Yeah, and Jeff Cobb. And Jeff Cobb. That's the one that's got my, I've been looking forward to that since they announced it, man. Yeah. Definitely. Very excited. So, um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, junior heavyweight tag team titles, I know as well. Be oh, nice! I forgot about those. Ken Amir and El Desperado <laughs> defending them against uh... so many belts. Is the three uh, the three man? Oh, it's belts Wado. I think they're either? defending them against like they're defending them against like Wado and Taguchi or something like that. Oh, okay. So. Ugh, I don't know that I like that. Anyways, um, so <laughs> that's next week. We'll check out night two of the Tokyo Dome. In the meantime, if you want to keep up with us, you can do so in two places: Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, just search for the name of the podcast. On Twitter, we're at Grapplecast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Deadpool1205. You can follow me, Tony G, at BeyondSanity19. And you can't follow Donald fucking Trump. Thank God. (laughs) We'll see you next week for night two of the Tokyo Dome. I'm not sure what these hip kids talk about sometimes. He said it. Put a quarter in the swear jar. You owe me a payday for that Twitch stream. The... The count, the pinfall attempt and the count is like, stop what you're doing. We have to acknowledge the count in wrestling commentary for the most part. Yeah, especially like in the WWE, like they'll cut you off or what you're doing. Yeah. The other one that I've noticed, and especially with Todd Phillips, is tag. 
Because holy <laughs> shit, if you get into a match where like there's a few tags back to f- back and back, like no matter what's being spoken about, you'll just hear Todd Phillips tag, tag, tag. Like I, <laughs> I don't feel like I ever noticed before that that is apparently must be something that they are like. I wonder if that's a new to. a new thing where they're now always hitting it. Maybe that's why you're noticing it. it I just man, it's Todd Phillips or something. Because yes, it's tag, tag. Like no matter what Samoa Joe is saying at the time, or Byron's, like it's just. Is more important than everything else. So, oh just man, kind of cracked me up. So, uh, you know, the dish we talked about raw at length. Wait, well, you no, know, not at all length, but at some length. <laughs> so not, not a ton of length, yeah. But uh, so we'll move past that and we'll go straight into AEW's New Year's Dash. Um, oh yeah, the dish. Duh, that's that is what we're talking mostly about. Raw. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, AEW New Year's Dash. Now this was part one. Yeah, because what was Brody? Was that supposed to be part that one? That was originally it was. Back? Yeah, I, mean, I think they just pushed okay. them back by two. Weeks. I had thought okay, that we... they just made that part of the new. Like I thought it was you know the uh, memorial okay. show New Year's Dash. But okay, whatever, doesn't matter. It's cool either way. Um, we had the what's becoming almost the regular thing. I feel like with Dynamite, a Bucks opener match, which <laughs> is fine, but it's like twenty yeah. minute tag matches at the beginning of every episode of Dynamite. Um, this was good stuff, you know, eight-man action with the Bucks teaming with SCU to uh, defeat the acclaimed and TH2. Yeah. So, um, solid stuff there. Nice to see TH2 getting on TV a little bit, even though Jack Evans is a bit of a jackass. No, but, I, I mean, I, I, if you're going to mix the teams together, that t- that that pairing of those two teams worked perfect for the entrance. Like, oh, those guys yeah, dancing to the other two rapping, I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> no, that, that really did work out for the best for him. And I say the Jack Evans thing because, like, he did some interview or post or he posted a tweet about, Hey, directors in wrestling shows, can we yeah, stop jump cutting cuts. on listen, Jack, <laughs> just wrestle. Okay. Because <laughs> the production and the editing side of things is a lot more complicated than you think. And they're covering your asses 90% of the time with those cuts. I'm not talking Kevin yeah. Dunn style. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need, we don't need six cuts for a choke slam. Yeah, but, but I mean, even on the, the New Japan show we're about to watch, we saw a few times where yes. because they didn't cut, you just saw yes. like a complete, you know, right. opening in the middle. Exactly. I mean, cuts on impact are for everyone's best, <laughs> to be honest. And, you know, I'm not saying we got to go Kevin Dunn crazy here, but it, yeah. it covers a lot of the holes. Right? It does. I'll just say that. For sure. Um, great stuff from Moxley in making his return return. You know, the, uh, you know, he spoke last week, but. Got a great promo about wanting revenge on Omega and Callus. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't like shitty people, which I think that's something we can all get behind. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just find Mox- Moxley, I-, I don't know what it is. I just find myself becoming more and more fond of him. Yeah. Like in, no. in this role in AEW. Like, I don't know what it is about the character. Like, it doesn't seem like it's that much different than Gasmax Dean, <laughs> but it just is somehow. Like, it's the, yeah. just the very slight, variances on the presentation i guess that maybe make the biggest difference you know and he's just someone that i pull for mm-hmm. and like and a lot of that has to do with Ke- uh, kenny and callus and what they've done we talked about a lot of this earlier but yeah yeah anyway i anyway i just I, I can't wait to see them have their next match like it's and i don't and i hope they push it and push it like i say i, I wonder if it's going to be not necessarily soon at this oh, point i would push it as far back as you can like <laughs> i'm in 97 wcw right now yeah it's so it's so good. Like I recommend the entire year of WCW '97 and maybe nothing else. But God, Hogan and Sting, like, is just 
the build is so good. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, I get what you're saying. I, I'm watching it again now, and I'm like, I can't wait for Starcade. And I'm going to be disappointed all over again, as yeah. I discussed in our review and any, many other times that I've had a chance to talk about it. But damn it, the build is so much so good. So anyways, yeah, Moxley, can't wait to see him in Omega. Uh, Chuck Taylor gave an update on Trent. <sighs> Four or five months. Yeah, man. It's like man. That, anytime you hear about those like torn, like major middle of your body muscles, it's just like, I don't know. It's going to be a while. Just a wild idea, and some people might scream this down. Chuck Taylor heel turn on Orange Cassidy. Oh, really? Just break the whole thing up? Well, and then imagine the reunion. And I'm not saying in five months, but then you've got that down the road at That's some point. That's true, you do. And Chuck, and Chuck is such a great shithead. Like, <laughs> doofus babyface Chuck is fun, yeah. but it'd be it'd be nice to see him get to be like, shitty heel chuck for a little while too yeah that's true and you've got and you've got orange just i mean it's just hanging there he's <laughs> sucked all the energy out of the group he's yeah. broken away he's because i mean i know that it's it's basic and i know it's not like i'm it's some revolutionary idea mm-hmm. but trick's gone and i just feel like yeah it might know. not be a bad idea whatever think of miro and kip to take care of whatever um wardlow beat jake hager you know it was the match i expected it to be um maybe it's jericho screaming about how great he is Wardlow, I don't know what it is. The dude, I, I hate to use this as the example, but his Brody like thing was it was just so humanizing. You know what I mean? It was you saw past like the mm-hmm. Wardlow character, and you yeah. could see like the good man and like the natural career. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think big things for I mean Wardlow. he's a guy that had to spend you know for the long time for the longest time he just stood behind MJF making duck lips like that's all that he did and right. so like but he had to he had to just stand there and, like make a face in order to make you not like him because he was yeah. just standing but like I feel like now that he's wrestling more it's just like it, it reveals more and more and then like you said when you actually get that peel back with the tribute thing last week that's you know it might not be something that they were planning to ever show you, but it, it does right. reveal a little bit about the, the character, the person, and uh, mm-hmm. it makes you just sympathize with him more. But I thought, yeah, as far as this match goes, I thought they did a really good job of really making him look like a big deal. Oh, absolutely. I, I just, you know who I think is uh, the, the least fan of Wardlow? Would have to be Brian Cage. Because <laughs> yeah. I look at Wardlow as like, no, mommy, we have a ward load home, and it's Brian Cage. You know, like it's mm-hmm. and Brian Cage is I, older. He's you know, I mean, he's just he's the younger guy. That's yeah, I could see this, where this ward low guy I think has the potential to be the one of the real big like WWE kicking their themselves like shit. Yeah, like that that's one they really fucking got that we totally missed on. Like, I mean, <laughs> I think he has that kind of potential if they play their cards right. Nice. Well, you just I mean, just look at him. He's He's the typical Vince GIF, the mm-hmm. falling over his chair. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Got it all. You know, Jericho calls him. He's, you know, G- if, you know, if, if Muscle and Fitness had a GQ, he'd be on the cover of it or something <laughs> like that, you know. <laughs> um, private party, you're hanging with Snoop. Um, Agent Matt walks up. I like this character from Matt, too. This is. Yeah. I, I just think I like the potential of it. I like the obvious turn at some point. Mm. Uh, you know, they can play on him. And, I mean,. It's just good. Big money Matt's back. And, you know, even though these weren't great times for him in his uh, real life, it was a good character. So No, you're not wrong. And, Snoop, and, it, it's, and Snoop was there. What's that? And Snoop was there, though. So. Yeah, and Snoop was there for sure. Go ahead, though. What were you going to say about Matt? Well, I just, I've, I've liked what they've been doing with him since they ended the the whole thing with, what's his name, Sammy Guevara. Like, that. Yeah. 
Like that's kind of the turning point was that that match that they had at their place. He went too far, and ever since then he's just been like he's had a chip on his shoulder. He doesn't. He's upset with everyone else, and he's. But yeah, he definitely highly values himself and what he's done for the company and what he's done for the the business as a whole. And it's it's a lot of fun. And like you said, it does. It feels a lot like Big Money Matt, Mm -hmm. but just like a slight change on it. Totally. And again, I know I've mentioned these before, but the most recent, they're still the most recent episodes I believe Colt Cabana's done. But he did, I think, six episodes or so of The Art of Wrestling, you know, classic hour-long interview style, and Matt Hardy was one of the interviews he did, and it is amazing. It's he's just, just a great, Matt, I mean, he's just got such a great story, and he's just such an, you know, an interesting guy, so uh, definitely recommend that. We had a weigh-in, which <sighs> I get big WWE eye rolls about <laughs> this kind of, like, whatever. I'm not saying that this kind of stuff doesn't have a place in wrestling, yeah. but when you just promote yourself as being so much different, yeah. Then, yeah, this I took as more of something like it wouldn't necessarily be that like Tony Khan booked this to happen as an event, but more like this is something Taz and their team insisted on having as part of this. Yeah, because no, you know they want to yeah. they want to point out our man is gigantic compared to Darby Allen. He's this tiny, tiny champion. You know what I mean? No, that makes no. You're right. It, from that standpoint, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. I didn't you know it didn't bother me, but it just made me kind of laugh. Uh, Sting showed up before things got physical. You know, he just keeps popping up, damn it. What's the relationship? Uh, we saw MJF trying to lift Hager's spirits. So what's MJF's play here? Is you know he's is he also going to edge Jericho out and take his muscle as well as <laughs> maybe you know, everything else? Uh Cody Rhodes and Matt Seidel had a solid match. It's great to see Matt Seidel on this, you know, with this opportunity. I just yeah. happen to be looking up like who are the never open six man tag champs in New Japan and mm-hmm. Was looking at the history of that kind of stuff, and it's all. It's like, oh yeah, Matt Seidel. That was his demise in New Japan. Was after he won the six. Him, Ricochet, and uh, Kojima. I think won the or Taguchi, one of the two. Okay, they won the never open six man belts, and then I was like, oh, they were vacated. Ah, oh, yeah. That was when he had the track. It said travel issues. So like, <laughs> oh, damn it. So yeah, just great to see him. You know, here he's one of those. I te- I texted you and said this like. He's unclear, I think, as far as his like contract status goes. Like if it's full time or something, because I know that they put out like the is all elite or yeah. whatever. So he has a Did contract. They do that yeah. Oh, they. Oh, then never mind. Then he's here. Then okay. Because oh, okay. I was confused because well, he was still flirting with like ROH and Impact. So oh, okay. Uh, he was kind of like Alex Shelley, where he was just everywhere there for a month or two. Nice. Uh, Luther and Serpentico uh, attacked post match. There had been like a scuffle at ringside. Um, this was all the play for. <laughs> The splash heard around the world. Um, what is he, 55 years old or something at I this point? I was curious. I didn't actually get a chance to look it up. I, I thought about that as it was happening. He's, I was like, He's in his 50s. As he was climbing, I'm like, he's an older dude, man. Like, he's getting right. up there. Like, I was like, Jesus. And he's, not, you know, being so slender and so, like, yes, lanky all yeah. of his life. It's like, this is not going to feel good in your joints, brother. And then he just, yeah, he came I mean, off the top. He doesn't strike me as a guy that probably exerts a whole lot of effort. At any point, well, I mean, he's day. pretty athletic. He he's like a super winning coach in like That's high school, yeah, like football, coaches. and yeah. I've seen him like play random games with like pads and shit on. Like, you're not wrong. No, that's a good point. You're not wrong. Um, but yeah, Snoop hit a splash. It was something. <laughs> yeah, as much as you can say, hit a splash. <laughs> I liked when he had to ask Cody to like scoot him closer. Yeah. Jericho's like, you don't need him to be any closer. You're eight feet tall. <laughs> Just fall down. Yeah, just fall down. So, uh, you know, whatever. Funny stuff there. It was obviously fodder to be screamed about on the interwebs because yeah, 
celebrities and you hate celebrities on Raw, but you well, it's you know they know, got the vertical integration going. We've got the the big show exactly like which skirts also, and all that and which boy I was about sick of hearing about the big show by the time this thing was <laughs> over, man. Like God Lord, like yeah, it was not hidden at it at all that that was this why this was all happening. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised they is, couldn't get Burt Kreischer out there. Yeah, it's funny. I need to find the date and my God, just send it to you. There could be a supercut of this, but I happen to be watching the Nitro um, when they're promoting Thunder in Paradise airing the following night. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, somebody's asked Tony Schiavone about that on a Q&A. <laughs> because this that man, every other sentence, man, just, and don't forget, Thunder in Paradise tomorrow night here on TNT. <laughs> and like, you can tell that they were told to push it, mm-hmm. and it almost seemed like he was being a bit of a shithead about it because he never stops talking about it. Goodness. Um Hikaru Shida defended her AEW women's title against Abaddon. Um, you know, solid stuff here for the most part. Um, I just, I don't like the biting. Like, are we? I like the leg bite. I didn't necessarily like the, the neck bite. Like, I was like, I don't mind, like, yeah. biting as an offensive move. I don't like pretending we've broken the skin open and having to try to pretend like there's a giant wound oh, on okay. the well, that's, whole rest of the match. That's true, yeah. But they, they, they didn't really play that part up as much with the leg. But I just still get, like... Who's this for? Like, are you trying to create like a fetish fucking? This is no. This is the this is the YouTube fiend content. for 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 their version. This is their version of the fiend. <laughs> well, the fiend doesn't bite people. Okay, <laughs> Shayna Baszler does, and everybody lost their fucking minds when she did that. Um. Anyways, yeah, solid stuff here. I don't know where you go with Abaddon. I guess they could fight again. Perhaps we'll see. Yeah. Um. And then in a well now you know, now Abaddon yeah. will go along to have some character development, and then she'll have a very super interesting feud for the. NWA Women's Championship because that's what we do. We, we take cold matches for the uh, AEW Women's Championship. It warms everybody up for that NWA title run. Yeah. Penelope Ford will probably be challenging for the NWA title <laughs> down the road here at some point. I, you know, it's just the NWA Women's title. Anybody can have a challenge anytime they want. Um, and a if it wasn't for Wrestle Kingdom match of the year contender here um, for the AEW Heavyweight title, uh, saw Kenny Omega defending it against Ray Phoenix. Uh, wow, these guys clearly took some inspiration probably from mm. the events in the Tokyo Dome. I'm sure that probably pumped Kenny up quite a bit watching <laughs> his uh, buddy Coda have the weekend that he did. Um, and I told you too, it's like it's like he's also found himself a uh, a, a bushy like buddy when it comes to mm. hey man, let's just do whatever the hell we want, and <laughs> who cares if we get hurt in the process? We'll that's just flip onto our heads over and over again, right? Neck ah. Who needs it? Um, but just no, do awesome it fast, and here. then it won't hurt. If you just do it real fast, then it doesn't hurt as much. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Um, and don't think about it. But yeah, it was you know awesome, great match. Um, yeah. You know, afterwards, Callus would call for Omega to finish Phoenix off. Uh, you know that's not cool. Pac and Pentagon, the other two thirds of the Death Triangle, are shown on screen, and they've been taken out by Eddie Kingston, the Butcher, and the Blade. So this, you know, elite group has its fingers, you know, outstretching throughout the company, it seems at this point. Um, Moxley would make the save with a barbed wire bat, which is awesome. Yeah. I I just watched this today, and I did not pick up on any of the Butcher and the Blade's involvement. Or, like, I don't know how I missed that part of it. Like, I watched the very end. I watched all of this. Somehow that is completely gone. Like, I did not see that whatsoever. I mean, it wasn't, like, up on the screen for five minutes or anything. It was just one of those things where it's like you're sitting there like, 
why wouldn't Pac and Pentagon be coming out? And yeah. then, uh, you know, popped up on the screen and they were, you know, Eddie was talking all his Eddie stuff gotcha. and being mean. I missed Eddie's um, promo then. Yeah, Eddie cut a little, he talked a little shit. But yeah, Moxie makes the save. But then, oh my, my, the Impact Tag Team Champions, the Bullet Club fellows themselves, Gallows and Anderson, would attack Moxley and turn the tide up in the match here. Uh, the Young Bucks would come out in what looked to be a place of reasoning mm-hmm. with Gallows and Anderson, perhaps. And then uh, Nick Jackson, like, super kicked somebody. I can't remember what happened. Like, somebody stirred and... Oh, yeah. Um, somebody just, like, grabbed... They grabbed Kenny from outside and were, like, holding yeah, him against the yeah, ropes. W- yeah. So, anyways, and then they were just kind of like, eh, we're into this. Like, it's just that Young Bucks It was style. weird. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Like, it's just whatever <laughs> they feel like that week. It, Matt with his earring is just unpredictable, apparently. is the only, <laughs> way, only thing that can be used to explain this. Because, um, yeah, they're... We had ourselves the too sweet moment in the ring with uh, the Young Bucks, Gallows yeah. and Anderson, and Kenny Omega and Don Callis. And-, and I don't know if they pumped up their fake volume there or if the crowd that was there just lost their goddamn minds. But as they did that jump cut when the final too sweet was going, like it sounded like the arena went fucking bananas, yeah. like the roof came off of there. And there's not that many people there, so I was just like, no. "What is going?" Like it sounds l- lunacy. Yeah, like a thousand people. Because I think I just saw another one of their advertisements go out for a live taping it was one of those things where it's like i don't you know i wasn't like hankering for the you know the bullet club to return all together like this but with the way that things have worked their way around and and the way that the paths have have just come together like this it it makes sense yeah and and it's it's an interesting turn in the story it does make sense like i won't deny that um i don't know it's interesting too like i said with you with the two sweet things they, they spent a year talking about like how they couldn't do that anymore and like it was the big deal and like you know <laughs> yeah. the, and they just did it and and like you said i don't know maybe they're just they just don't think they'll say anything it might i mean like I, as long as they don't I, put it on shirts or something i'm curious like now when i didn't go back and watch it again but i need right. to i want to listen to the exact words chris jericho was saying because he kept, he was saying something like that, that specific, that very famous, but he, I don't know if he was saying that move or that hand sign. Because if he, if he called it a wrestling move, they might be trying to make the argument that you, inside there, you couldn't tell us to not do clotheslines. So maybe it's, right. it's, if it becomes That's, a wrestling move to just yeah. hit each other in the fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you can, of course, imagine the one, um, bitter New Japan, uh, roster member who, complains every time there's anything bullet club related going oh, on anywhere else go off. oh tama tonga talking about these fake reunions it's like you know what's <laughs> funny about you tama tonga is everybody else has taken the bullet club and they've gone out and they've made a lot of money and success for themselves and you just sit in new japan with fale and chase owens and <laughs> complain about everyone else going out and having fun with the bullet club thing like <laughs> Maybe you should go somewhere else and do the... The Bullet like, Club know, is just supposed to be about winning the New Japan Tag Team Championships seven times, <laughs> and that is all we're about. Yeah, yeah. maybe you should complain and worry a little bit more about your own New, your new Japan version of Bullet Club that at this point I can't keep track of. Has seven leaders. There's, there's three factions of it now or whatever. Anyway, yeah. I just... You can always count on Tamatanga to come out and say <laughs> something if there's even any hint at Bullet Club mentioned. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, part of it is also just that, you know, covering, you know, not necessarily covering your ass, but, but laying the seeds for it. Well, if they do start to work together, at least we'll have this history of me bitching about it that we can always, you know, do our storyline, have our match against right. each other. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, great, solid episode of Dynamite, um, you know, next week. Yeah. New Year's Dash Part 2, I guess. So. Yeah, and what's the big feed for now? I mean, I know the, like the Serena Deep match is happening, but other than that, like... Tad, or, uh, Darby and Brian Cage. Oh, that's right, that's right, okay. For the TNT title. Okay. Um, yeah, no, not nearly as big of a deal, though. But yeah, Ty Conti's challenging Serena Deep for the NWA title. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, other things have been announced. I think FTR and Jurassic Express, maybe. Okay. I, I don't know, they've been teasing that. Maybe that's not yeah. happening. I'm making things up now. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, a solid episode of NXT with their... New Year's Evil special. Uh, oh, I completely was, forgot that that was the special this week. I recommend watching it. It's a top to bottom, really solid show. Um, in the opener, we saw Karrion Cross return to the ring and uh, defeat Damian Priest, the man of much speculation and rumored non-call-ups, apparently, within the last week or so. What do you mean? Like, they're just specifically well, not bringing him to the main roster? Well, there was a, apparently he was just, um, going to be teaming with Kevin Owens to fight Jey Uso and Roman Reigns. Oh. And, and, like, that didn't happen, and it got dropped, and then he got put in this match, and he got beat, not handily, but, you know, like, carrying cross, you know, in that NXT way, yeah. beat him, and now I think he's expected to probably be going up. Maybe it's going to be a Rumble debut. But, ah, okay. Uh, yeah, you just knew Triple H. Like, you just knew he wouldn't be able to help himself with Damian Priest. Like, he, <laughs> that is the exact kind of play, like, you know, person that Triple H is going to be all about. Like, he loves that hot tub photo that he got to take with Damian Priest. So, uh, <laughs> it's because he's Triple H. Um, yeah, we have Dusty Classic talk, DP. The uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic Tag mm-hmm. Team Tournament is coming back, and uh, there's even going to be a Ladies version. Um, that one has not had the participants announced as far as I know. Okay. But uh, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong mentioned that you know, they're going to win, blah, blah, blah. But just real quickly, the participants are August Gray and Kurt Stallion, two newcomers from Evolve, the Bollywood Boys, Brizongo, Drake Maverick, and Killian Dane, Ever Rise, the Grizzle Young Vets, Imperium, Jake Atlas and Swerve, Kushida and Leon Ruff, Legado del Fantasma, Joaquin Wilde and Raul, Raul Mendoza, uh, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, and The Way, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. Nice. So, you know, um, should be fun. I mean, it's, you know, it's a good waste of time, you could say as well. Yeah. But anyways, thanks for some good matches. Um, really solid cruiserweight title match. Santos Escobar defended his title against Grand Metalik. Uh, the returning of Zia Lee. What will it be? <laughs> Uh, it was pretty much Zia Lee, but like with a mean look on her face. And, That's what we kind of were worried about from the beginning, man. And and she was aggressive, you know, like she didn't. The entrance was kind of cool. She had like a bit more of like a choreographed thing, and okay. Now some now some creepy lady sits in a chair at the entrance <laughs> and watches. Uh, she had boa as like her muscle in a suit. Hmm. I mean, it is what it is. I don't know. It was just okay. She beat that masked. Diva lady that I'm, I'm, I think it's Catalina's her name. Yeah. I always think she's gone and then like she randomly pop back. I'm like, oh, it's that Katrina Cortez. Yes. Yeah. How do you know that so quickly? Sitting right here on my, on my oh. screen. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you were a fan. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> um, Falls Count Anywhere. Raquel Gonzalez beat Rhea Ripley. Um, my God. It was so fun. Dakota Kai gets involved at one point with a kendo stick. Rhea Ripley literally shoves her into a locker and locks it. <laughs> 
And she's just like in a dog cage. Just for gone the most from part then? Of the rest of the oh, gosh. What's that? I said she's just gone from then, basically? Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, but yeah, uh, Raquel getting the win. So maybe Rhea also heading up for the Rumble, perhaps. Ah. She, um, I love the way. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice have just taken this thing and run with it. It's awesome. It's funny because like, I'm hearing, like, I, I keep hearing like such different takes about the way specifically. Like, there's some people that this is just, they're done with Johnny Gargano now. They can't, they're ah. not a fan of these, these segments, but every week you seem to be praising it so much that I always end up watching what I do watch and I, I enjoy it whenever I watch it. So I just, yeah, man, I people, I, I just love this swarmy heel Johnny Gargano. Like yeah. you just, this whole presentation and Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell both just playing into their parts really well, I think. <laughs> but they literally had a parade to the building, you know, with like police lights and a oh, whole nice. line of cars that led them to the place with Johnny and Candace sitting like, you know, on top of the car and all this stuff. Uh, they celebrate in the ring and unveil a family photo that the kids got for him, as they refer to Theory and Hartwell. And it was a Fantastic Four looking kind of play on, the, you know, the four of them. Okay. With Funny stuff there. Um, and then Shotzi Blackheart comes out. And if you're wondering why are they like, doing all this, well, the pit fight got canceled because Timothy Thatcher's hurt. Oh, so okay. They had time to kill. That's why we get this random tag <laughs> match here in a second. But yeah, Shotzi came out in her tank. Um, Austin Theory is very upset about this and goes up the ramp, and Shotzi shot him in the crotch, which the internet was very fond of. Um, <laughs> before she could tell Candace anything, yeah, Theory was up and she got shot. Uh, Shotzi would kind of look like she's heading to the ring and Kushida would come to the aid of Shotzi and uh, she did a dive to the outside and almost landed on her head. I'm glad she was okay. And then Dexter Loomis, who was the host for the night, literally drew a picture to make the match. And we had ourselves a mixed tag match with Kushida and Shotzi Blackheart beating Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. So nice. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Yeah, no, it was really good stuff. And then in a really, Another great match between these two. Finn Balor defended his NXT title against Kyler Riley, and just another—they're hurt. Like I think they were both hurt again. Like they're <laughs> these two guys are just going not—they're not, not like, going to be allowed to wrestle each other. I was going to say it's like there's a thing when you know when when you've got you know your your Naitos and Ibushis that like all right, well we we just did too much damage to each. It's like well then don't let them fight it again. Like why? <laughs> like if they can't wrestle like professionals and actually wrestle, right. then don't let them fight right. again. Well, the difference in New Japan is they're just like, oh, your neck's hurt? Okay, go wrestle. I mean, you know, that's just... <laughs> Make sure to tell the announcers so they can mention it during yeah. the match, and otherwise go De- wrestle. WWE and all their protocols <laughs> getting in the way and ruining everything. Um, a fun SmackDown, an interesting SmackDown. Roman called Adam Pearce to the ring and wants him to take responsibility for what happened to Kevin Owens, You know, who got like thrown off the stage and mm-hmm. hopefully he comes back soon. So, you know, Adam Pierce is, what do you want me to say, Roman? What do you want me to say, Roman? And just, and Reigns is just still awesome in this role. Like, he's just, he makes you so uncomfortable, really. Yeah. You know, he just does a good job of, like, making people uncomfortable, including the viewer. So, solid stuff there. He And he wants Adam Pierce to put himself in the gauntlet match taking place tonight on this gotcha. episode to see who would fight Roman at the Rumble. And Pierce is like, ah, I don't want to do that. Oh, he wants Pierce to be in the match. Yeah, okay. Adam Pierce to be in the guy. I thought match. you were saying he wanted him to put Roman Reigns in the match. It's like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, Big E defended his Intercontinental title against Apollo Crews in a really solid matchup. Uh, real great fire from Big E in that match. Um, Sonia Deville, her new role is apparently she's a part of the office along with Adam oh. Pierce. She, 
Okay. You know, it says, I'll be working alongside you now. And, uh, you know, she mentions being a little bitter about the Mandy situation, uh, but that's, she's on Raw now. So, and she's like, you know, mentions, hey, and you're wrestling tonight. And he's like, no, I'm not going to be in the match. Spoiler alert, he will be in the match. Um, okay. Rude and Ziggler beat the Street Profits to win the tag team titles, ending the Street Profits like, I don't know, over 300-day reign, I think. So it's been a while, champ. right? Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's been a while, but what's your favorite Street Profits match? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they wrestle so infrequently, and I think maybe Montez was hurt at some point, was maybe part oh, okay. of that, but it was one of the things that just drove me crazy about him. It's like, man, these guys were just doing backstage A lot of backstage laughing stuff, at, yeah. Laughing at stuff segments forever, and you know, they just, I never felt like, you know, them as champions, like, oh, yeah, and they had all these battles, and they had these mm-hmm. great defenses, and they, remember that story? No, no, it was just kind of. Yeah, I watched them fight the New Day once. In the, yeah, and then they- that, that was literally, like, the one I think <laughs> of is the New Day stuff. Um, so the gauntlet match will now begin. Rey Mysterio's in the ring. Sami Zayn comes out, and he now is being accompanied at all times by an unbiased documentary documentary team. Okay. That has follows him around with a camera, so just another great wrinkle to see. Dude, I what they need to do is produce a documentary that's in kayfabe and like Oh, they will probably. Is just like <laughs> over the top like the humanitarian Sammy sort of right. stuff and Well, that's the problem though. That WWE and their infinite wisdom nowadays, they'll do a 24/7 about all his like Real great life, actual things, yeah, without well, him he's being all, obnoxious and I whole know, time. Just the world we live in, but it's like it makes things difficult. But yeah, uh, Rey Mysterio beat Sami Zayn in seconds. It was not pretty. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura is out next. He would defeat Rey Mysterio. He would then defeat King Corbin, and Nakamura would finish off the things by defeating Daniel Bryan. And I gotta tell you, go out of your way and watch this. Nakamura, the best he's maybe looked since he's come to the like the main roster. Nice, like absolute star night for Nakamura. Um, him and Daniel Bryan have a handshake afterwards. I wonder if he's getting to the close to a, a re-sign date or something. They're like, we got to make sure that he wants to stick around. Yeah. Um, but this match isn't over. Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, and Paul Heyman come out, um, you know, and bring out the final participant in the gauntlet match. It's Adam Pierce himself, who hasn't wrestled in six years, as he told, I think, Paul Heyman earlier in the night. Um, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso would beat Nakamura up. And then Adam Pierce would pin Shinsuke Nakamura, and Adam Pierce will be challenging Roman Reigns <laughs> for the championship at the Royal Rumble. Wow. Okay. I don't know what they're doing. I, it was this weird, like, awesome night for Nakamura. Yeah. And kind of seemed like, yeah, why not? You know, like, Roman's not losing, so why not let him have just mm-hmm. a solid point? And now it's Adam, former, I believe, six time NWA. World Heavyweight Champion Adam Pierce didn't realize Scrap that was Daddy. the case, but all right. Grap Daddy himself challenging Roman Reigns, so we'll see. Who would have thought? Yeah, I, I like I said, we've been saying for a while this odd Adam Pierce on screen stuff, and I guess now it's uh, really about to pay off big time. Oh, I, I get, so that's uh, not that's not a, a pair of names that even with the fact that they've you know kind of seemingly built this for some time, it's not something that's like pulling me to. Oh man, I gotta watch you know Royal Rumble the night of because oh, I gotta see yeah. this Adam Pierce Ro- Rom- Roman Reigns match. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not that match, maybe so much. You're, but um, I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see what happens. I think there's still some TV until okay. Rumble. I think there's at least another week or so. I can't remember. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, interesting stuff. Again, great heel work from Roman. Just continues to be um, 
pretty amazing character on screen. And I'll give them credit up to this point. I still, at least for my money, don't think they've tipped their hat as far as a Rumble favorite goes. Yeah. Like, the internet would tell you Big E, but I okay. haven't, you know, I outside of like, a lot of wishful thinking, I'm not sure mm-hmm. the likelihood of that. And they certainly haven't really tipped their hat to that much on TV outside of maybe the Talking Smack segment with Paul Heyman and him a couple weeks ago. But, Big Show's going to return. Oh, dude, I hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, so that at least makes it interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? Usually, though, when this has happened in years past, it ends up being something that we're like disappointed that they won. But mm-hmm. at least yeah. you don't go into it going, oh, well, clearly so-and-so is going to win. Do you, you want to know like, my ultimate, like... Real win or something? Right. Do you want, here, here's my... There's nothing to base this off of other than I just think they would do it because it, it would piss people off and they'd be happy about it. What about a Brock Lesnar Royal Rumble return mm-hmm. and victory? Okay. And here's the real shit cherry on top because it's the WWE. He goes on to WrestleMania to challenge Goldberg for the WWE Championship. Wait, why? Why would this be happening? I don't understand. Like, this is just so far out of left field, I feel well, like. Well, Goldberg's I've fighting been... Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. Are they? Oh, he is? Oh, Jesus. I didn't know this. This is what happens, folks, because we talk about, we do actually do the dish after we talk about current <laughs> wrestling. So DP is going to sound like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know about this. But I, even though I, had, I told him about it earlier in the show, but we record this before the show. So yeah. that's how that happens. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that was, yeah. Spoiler to DP oh, for the for the vicious dish here. But, I fucking uh, hope not, man. I hope not. That sounds oh, awful. Doesn't that, doesn't, my, doesn't that scenario though just? It oh, does sound exactly, exactly like because they, they know that, that like stuff's probably going to be weird still by the time the WrestleMania gets here. You're probably still not going to be able to put in a big crowd. Right. I could see them doing this. I hope <laughs> they don't. Hey, we screwed the fiend last year. This year we're going to screw Drew McIntyre. And then we're going to go, <laughs> we can't build any new stars. What's going on yeah. here? Why does anybody take Drew McIntyre seriously? Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so that's wrestling. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's right, Hulk. You can listen to the Golden Age of Grappling podcast any day of the week. But if you're looking for new episodes, you can check out our website, goldenagepodcast.com, or look for us on iTunes. New episodes releasing every... Oh, shut up, you fat, bow-headed little Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again.